Congress. Come on over here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, or doohickey that does what I think it does there, there, on them ding, ding, tin. Hey, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. My name's Liam. My name's Ethan. And I'm not even going to attempt it. I'm George. <laughs> and we're here to bring you the rootin' tootin'est. <laughs> Yeehaw! Plus, bank robbers in the way. I've got to be honest, this music does not fit with the jive of this film. <laughs> I'm like, everything's so cool and stylish. Why? Why are we using banjo everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we are best film ever. We are. <laughs> if you haven't turned it off, thank you. Uh, we're now going to try and sort of recapture our, um, I have no idea, dignity? Uh, <laughs> credibility. There's a word I'm looking for, credibility, in order to go through uh, episode number 127. Wow. Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Woo. Brought to you by the brain of liam liam yeah you said pre-1970s i i it wasn't hey, it wasn't, you, a, it wasn't a requirement well. i just called it yes <laughs> bonnie and clyde um so before we dive into that let's dive quickly into where we were charting all around the world and that was in <laughs> down in america hey america. Uh, in in great britain in australia hey, in south korea and then in the netherlands in new zealand in switzerland hey. in india in nice. egypt number 50 in qatar number 30 in ghana and number seven thanks for leaving the light on Woo. in sierra, sierra leone hey. <laughs> i'm just gonna choose a couple of countries i'm gonna i'm gonna use to represent me as well <laughs> we're a bit more in sync this week well, three of us. <laughs> Ethan was supposed to be live in the studio. Yeah. Oh, why are you not? Yeah, I'm Liam, very poorly though. Liam just realized that he's not. Well, I know he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my ears on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. Ethan was very quick to get a hold of me this morning and let me know that he's got a sick puppy. Oh. So, um, so I've, I've often thought that Ethan was a sick puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he has a sick puppy. So there we go. He's had a haircut, I think, has he? Yeah, yeah it was head. like uh, a shave, a mop chop. Yeah, it was a lot of of hot this week, and I went, you know what, I'm going to do. I'm just going to shave my head, and then Liam went, I'm going to beat you to that. Let's go ahead <laughs> because I think our North American listeners are going to laugh when we say what the numbers were for this. So <laughs> I it got know what it was in Fahrenheit. It got as hot as 32 degrees Celsius, and like the country went on like 
meltdown alert. My school closed yeah. early on Friday. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very warm where we were uh, and should have. Uh, 32C, it, it thinks I'm asking for a bra size. I'm not. 32C. It's <laughs> a Fahrenheit. There we are. Um, no, don't open the page on Twitter. Just give me a... Uh, oh, no, I don't want that. I just want to find out what 32... Because it really isn't that hot. And I think our listeners in Texas will be like, you got to be kidding me, right? 89.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like back home, it'll get 30. In Canada, it'll get like 36. 37 38 with humidexes that'll take you into the mid 40s yeah, yeah and that's what we call like milkshake weather you get outside you get hit with this wave of humidity and you go oh, i need milkshake which <laughs> is what it is um yeah whereas here it was it, thankfully it was just one day yeah like one day where it got re- like it was getting oh, con- yeah. incrementally was getting hotter, hotter, hotter but there was yeah. just the one day where it was like unbearably warm it was if i had waited like another 12 hours i would have been like oh no it's cold again i don't need to cut my hair well it is summer yeah. the odds are yeah it may yeah. get warm again. At least you didn't go bald like me. Jeez. Because you won't, w- you won't wake up one day and be like, man, it's hot out. And it's going to shock you so much. You're going to go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got what I was doing just before I did. You'll get in your money's worth with that. Yeah, I'll get my money's worth out of that. I love it. It's great. Until something else takes my fancy. That's, that's, that's all right. uh, I miss the so, bullshit burn. <laughs> so, uh, well, if you want to hear us BS a fair bet, uh, Ethan and I got together and did Show Me One Kenobi, yeah. part five. Oh. Our most ranty episode of the five so far. I've only got to episode four. We had a very divine. Uh, I'm very much in the minority. I know I'm very much in the minority. Although I talked to a friend from work. Hey, John. And uh, kind of gave my... He's like, yeah, I'm kind of with you. And I'm like, all right. Giddy up. (laughs) Okay. You know. Yeah, Pip's with me too. (laughs) So there we go. He's a liar. He's not seen any of it. Now, we've got a big order ahead of us today. We're recording this. Yeah. And then we're jumping forward in time two weeks. And we're recording our Thor Ragnarok episode for, for Thunderstruck week. Thunderstruck week. I still can't decide if I hate it or love it. I am. I'm the same way. I'm like, like, is there anything better? I'm like, it does really work. Every time you say it, I go, yeah, yeah. It it, it both is genius and terrible at the same time. Um, Like much like the podcast. I I think you're not wrong. (laughs) We tread a fine line. So you know, uh, the genius showed up today. I'm a terrible stay at home. Oh. Oh. Those are still not been forgiven in our those, own loving episode. Those five. those claws like uh, like made out like adamantium or something. There, yeah. Uh, you got some backup this week, Ethan. Don't worry. Uh, and we also George and I recorded the clue for takeoff on Stranger Things, and we, we have not received one piece of hate. I'm surprised. Oh, okay. I think when we went, it's clear. Well, you have to listen to it, but I think when we went, you know, it's clearly an excellent piece. Of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pip thinks so. There's our one piece of hate right there. Um, <laughs> but we, no, we, but it just wasn't really for us. Um, I think that sort of, you know, how do you come back from that? Yeah. You must like it, even though you admitted it's great. In all honesty, I've seen the very first episode, and that, that was about yeah. three, four, five months ago. It is I like. I haven't watched any more. It is like the big thing, you know? In pop culture, Stranger Things. I, I thought Stranger Things was kind of over with. I feel Not like, like I was running as far hills, as the actual know? run, but yeah, yeah, Kate Bush and all that. My so, commitment to Stranger Things is almost like I, I just feel obliged to now because I was like, cool, I get to finish it like in a couple of weeks when the second part comes out. And we talked about this on Kenobi. It's like, oh, there's another season after this? Yeah. And- oh, okay. And, you know, yeah, Kate Bush went to number one with it, but although that speaks to two things. Number one, it was the British charts. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Number two, <laughs> but it also speaks to the, you know, what's the state of the singles charts these days? Oh, that's crap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's all streams and it's all... Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean no the same one's as wa- what used No to. one's walking into a shop and exchanging money. 
No. It's just what do people listen to on Spotify this week? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So it's almost like a version of trending. And trending isn't the same as actually going out and spending your money on it. And they have a vinyl chart as well now. Yeah. So, you know. And vinyl's all right, but vinyl would also probably play more to people of our generation, if I'm being yeah. honest, because vinyls are expensive. Mm. But are people buying, are, are they making vinyl singles still? Yeah, the uh, odd one. Yeah. yeah. But it's a very small pond. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. small. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there we go. Um, I'll tell you who's not a small pond. It's, it, it's, it's a lovely big group of wonderful people, and that's our Patreon backers. So keep the lights on here Yay. at the Studio of Awesomeness, who we're going to be doing a live and uncensored for. We're going to literally do this, get a drink, and push the button and start again whoop, whoop. on for Thunderstruck Week. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Thunderstruck. I really, have, I really found a hard time watching both films. It's the only time to the, this poor point in the pod right. where I struggle to get the films in. Yeah, I, I find just, I struggled to get Bonnie and Clyde. I thought I had it on DVD. Yeah, I started at six in the morning today, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a fun one." I'll tell you what, it's always a fun one when you're talking about Reverend Bruce, Yay! Julene, Woo! Hermes, Woo! Lena Oberholzer, Woo! Katie McRae. Ensign Ian Davies, yeah. Chris Peterson, Ooh. Randall Silva over yeah. in the corner with holding his handle, Dwayne <laughs> Smith shouting out his own name. Dwayne Smith! Dwayne Smith. I can't keep going. <laughs> the <laughs> Meister, so full of yeets. We've got Nate the Great <laughs> and Cheesy with, with a, a fish, fish on, on a bike. bike. How is that not fun? Oh, I know, right? So there we go. I was wooing the whole time I know. and you kept adding things in. Well, I was going with the whole metaphor of the party. You need to take a deeper breath. There we go. That's right. Yeah, I will next time. <laughs> uh, it says here, announced Thor week. We've already gone through that. So a real roundtable on Bruce Willis. I'm hoping to record July 10th. Ooh. Just putting that out there for everybody. July hoping 10th. to record July 10th. What day is July 10th? It's... Probably a Sunday. It's a it's a Sunday. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. It <laughs> so is. I'm, I'm hoping to do a double. Whatever for that week, it'll be for Bruce Willis. So oh, okay. just let me know if you can't Which, if people can't make it for that reason reason that day. But let me know. Yeah. Okay. We can start putting a bow on the Bruce Willis. It's almost it's almost Batman. Uh huh. The Batman one took a while to get up. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm. He's he's just so hard to find, isn't he? What are you? <laughs> he's in the Batman. night. He's he hiding. Is. He can't make up his mind if his name's Batman or if it's vengeance. If he's going to be serious or if he's going to be ice skating. You know what first I mean? Main th- first name the last the, name Batman. Yeah. First name Bat. Last name. Yeah, man. It's Who just knows? really <laughs> up there. So let's talk about some reflections and corrections. Uh, we talked about V8 last week because it was in the fridge in ET. Ju- uh, Julian says V8's best with vodka and garnished with celery. Oh, I'll really? take your word yeah. for it, but that does sound like a Caesar now. It does. It yeah. does. It does. Uh, we got the Poet Laureate of the podcast. Dwayne Smith. Hi, Dwayne Smith. Who says, I have to admit, you guys did have me going there. This is about you not being present. Last <laughs> I was on the phone to the authorities, and then it came, and then out came the nuggets, and so did Georgia. <laughs> I love chicken nuggets. I basically just had chicken nuggets for lunch there. Well, tea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Hermes, who says, if you guys ever make it to the States, give me a heads up, and I will be your personal guide to the BFE Coast to Coast Tour. Cool. Also, curse all of you for making me so hungry first thing in the morning. Mm. Also, also, the gift wars are fixed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's right. it's your sister. That's right. That's right. Complain <laughs> about the game, would you? Uh, says he'll also never turn on Ethan. I think he really should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, there we go. You know, find a different gimmick. Being, being Ethan's you know supporter that's that's there's cooler things you could do yeah i can never but be betrayed if she was on the other th- foot ethan would be that person wouldn't he what do you mean well he'd be the one supporting ethan if he was not ethan do you know what i mean no he, well, you you think ethan would be the guy who would stand by the 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 
the guy in Ethan's shoes? Yeah. Oh, you're so wrong. No? Oh, no. <laughs> Ethan would be piling on everybody else. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ethan. I have no allegiance See, to he's not, he's not denying it. She heard me. This is the thing. He's I know this guy. I know this guy. Uh, I thought he would. No. Oh, Ethan, you let me down. Uh, what else do we I have, have no here? Morals. Oh, I got to hit this button. There's a mistake. Yeah, and this one, well, really uh, nice, this is. one comes out from. Hey, it's your sister. <laughs> I was trying to remember what the names of those little, like, refreshing, like, kind of hockey pucky little things that are called Smarties here sometimes. Da 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 da, and uh, came up with the. I thought I got as far as I think I said refreshers. Yeah, that's what we called them. And my sister came up with it's rockets back home. Oh. Called rockets. So thanks, Kirst. Apparently, they're Oliver's favorite. Is this- Uncle Ian's podcast. Yeah, that guy's favorite. <laughs> so there we go. Um, shout out uh, the Recasted Podcast, who called us a professional-sounding show. Oh. That discusses the Thanks. best films ever. Yeah, I think that's in terms of quality of audio, not necessarily the hosts. <laughs> oh, definitely not that Canadian guy. Don't know. Hey, hey, he, he does okay. Uh, he knows another one for do. Poet Laureate of the Podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Who said, I finally saw Top Gun Maverick yesterday. Loved it so much. Easily Great. the best legacy sequel that's ever been made. Great. I was never a massive fan of the original but Maverick's on another level I would think I'm going to see it again and we actually yeah. have a mutual friend who actually just posted something very similar um, yeah we did yeah yeah, and I jumped in and went 100% with you yeah yeah, yeah. 100% with you because um, you were surprised I agreed with you on the podcast what that it was better than yeah, the original yeah 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 because yeah, you're really big on the but no the, the second one's just so much better oh that's and, and a that's, very fine line it's great yeah oh I think it's fantastic I think I was so surprised me too yeah so so surprised like, when I talk about the biggest surprise I think there's in the, in the cinema in the last whatever years, that's got to be up there because I had no intent. Like, the, the, the film you've got in the chamber, I kind of went hoping it might be that good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I never saw, no, it's not, it's not going to win an Oscar. It's not that kind of movie. No, 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 no. But I never saw Top Gun Maverick doing that. No. Oh, amazing. It is. And it's breaking <laughs> records. Tom, I'm just saying, like, you can throw us a couple of pounds over here for the amount of free publicity we've given yeah. you over the past six weeks or you on could this. Just come on the pod and come talk on. About you know it. what? I'll settle for that. Just come on the pod. <laughs> come on, Tom. Come on the He's pod. He's got a sofa to jump on. I, got, He's got I was literally just about to say, this nice <laughs> armchair. You can jump on it with Pip. <laughs> He's doing a brilliant job of being watchdog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does all this now. And then when we have the live feed later, probably just go sleep out of the camera shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even the score back with season three, if you love the music behind films and television shows and video games and things like that, uh, even the score are the peeps you want to be listening to. Go ahead and give them a listen. Carlo got a hold of us talking about peanut butter. I said it's really weird. I said Brits don't like peanut butter, dude. No, I don't. Nope. They don't? Yes. Oh, I love it. It's so weird. He was saying, like, what are you talking? What's the sacrilege? George doesn't like it. I said, it's not actually. This isn't a Georgia thing. This is a British thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd say about 50% of people. I'd say less than half of people like peanut butter in this country. It's the texture. I don't know what it. I think it's because it's not part of you. Like, it's like, weird. When, yeah. when you're a kid, you get peanut butter so early in North America. Oh, okay. So it becomes, it's like one of those staples of being like a child. But I'll tell you what I do like. Butter and peanuts. In, in a sandwich? That's weird. That's It's like deconstructing it. Nah. Yeah. Oh, no. I love peanut butter. Peanut butter and jam sandwich was like the height of childhood. Oh, a PB&J. Yeah. yeah. Look yeah. at yeah. you jumping on. I, th- I think that's New Zealand. <laughs> PB&J. Because it's like, it's a mix of British and American. Great for, great, great for two reasons. 
PB and J. Number one, it takes like if you're making your lunch in the morning, it takes like four minutes and you're out the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bread, huh? bread, slab on one side, slab on the other, push them together, little bit click film, finished. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, it's just kind of this nice. It's got this sweet, savory sort of line that it walks. If you get your if you get your ratios right, and it's just kind mm. of you always feel like, oh, it's just PB and J. But then you start eating it, and you're like, oh, it's PB and J. Okay, I've never tried that, so <laughs> yeah. maybe cannot maybe, think of anything much worse than maybe that. Oh, really? Oh, oh you're so wrong. Um, I'd rather just have oh, bread on speaking bread about being wrong, my sister got a hold of me. Uh, it's not in, the, in my notes, but she mentioned to me when she she works for a major uh, automotive manufacturer in uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, the company's not Canadian. No, no, no companies are Canadian. But, <laughs> but she said that when she first started with the company, I think it was 2008. She said 10 percent of the vehicles were manuals oh, that okay. they made. Yeah, yeah. As of 2018, no manuals really? were made that year in that wow. plant so like when i'm talking about like how few people drive manuals like i mean 100 percent legit with this like they, wow. we just don't do it wow yep just a lot mind you automatics are going up more in england now yeah. than ever before but i was that was the one like there's certain elements i was not ready for in my culture shock the manual situation was just i was like what do you like, huh well you asked the fast and the furious shant- franchise yeah <laughs> they use they use manual who do Fast and the Furious. Yes. Well, yeah, those sort of souped up little cars. Yeah, like if you got a Honda Civic and you were like living that Fast and Furious life, they probably have manuals. Yeah. It doesn't work as well when you got no, I was waiting for my gears to change. Yeah. <laughs> we do fair. With a I coffee think, in one hand. Yeah. The, last, the last couple of weeks, I've been driving both me and Ian to rehearsal. And then on Friday, you drove and we were speeding up down the A10. Yep. And I just could hear your car, because we've been talking to hear your car going, and... And I was like, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> it sounded like it was crying for help, and I wanted to help. Yeah, automatics. Couldn't. Yeah, it's just, I guess you, there's a certain rhythm and pitch you're used to hearing, and, and you probably would shift earlier from that. We talked yeah. about it a little bit last. This is the conversation that will never stop on this podcast. It's a manual versus automatic. We're going to have to get you in a manual. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, a big, da- big field. Danny and Drew from It's a Musical Podcast um, said to us, they'll always be right here. And did the sort of E.T. thing. <laughs> Pip's knocking off Liam's. Are you trying to talk- oh, he's, he's knocking off his headphones, and now he's trying to, he's smelling the mic. Oh, we're putting the, he, oh, he doesn't, oh, I don't think he likes, does he like that? I'm not sure if he can, can he comprehend hey, What do you want to tell us about Bonnie and Chloe? There we go. <laughs> Give your thoughts on the pod. We'll have to put that up on the Patreon. There we go. Oh, bless him. <laughs> he simultaneously just looks like really... Pip's got this ability to go from look at the happiest boy in the world to like, I'm so sad. <laughs> hey, you took over my mic. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Pip? You walked right in the way of me talking about Danny and Drew. Um, who said, they'll always be right here for us. And I'm like, ah, that should have been our end line last oh, week. Oh, I should have Rather been. than my Reese's Pieces joke, I could have been like, we'll always be right here. <laughs> this there we go. He's all right. He knows where the people are. He does. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, the Film Effect Podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Well done on 100 episodes. The Ooh, Scuttlebutt yeah. Podcast. Hermes and Company. Seal of Approval. BFE. Check them yeah. out. Good oh, time had. Oh, good luck. They gave me a Thank double you. shout out this week. Well deserved. Oh. Well deserved. It's how <laughs> they drink their no. It's, it's how I drink their whiskeys and doubles. So why shouldn't I get a shout out to match it's you okay. or the pod? Pip, you're not helping. Um, the first one was to the first one was to <laughs> was, was, the, the first one was the best film ever. But then the second one was to Ian, and they went, well, well, Ian's the guy who runs it. They said, and I'm like, there are other people on the pod. <laughs> They're not wrong, though. You oh, no. but it started. There was never Ian who they were hoping to shout out as well. Uh, so it was a combination. Um, so it was a podcast. Thanks a lot. Uh, I want to do a little bit of a story here. Russell Osborne, hey. who tweeted out to me yesterday. And said, were you at the new theater in Peterborough for We Will Rock You Tonight, Ian? I said, one million percent I was. 
<laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why did you not come say hello? Yes. He said, damn, I saw you walk past my robe, but didn't really register. It was probably you until you'd gone past because <laughs> oh. he wasn't expecting it because I had some colleagues up at the balcony. Yeah, so yeah. I walked so I could get a sight line with them. And I was like the, like the obnoxious guy, if you can believe it, <laughs> <laughs> on his phone. And then, couldn't, and then there was a slight delay because, you know, it's not perfect. So yeah. I put the phone down, just sort of shouted my conversation and didn't really mind that anybody else was being disturbed by it. I'm like, no, 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 this is the way that this is going to be. And, uh, yeah, such on and so forth. So, um, uh, he said to me, uh, yeah, um, I was in row. He was only like two rows ahead of me. It just turns out he should turn around and spoke. Yeah. Um, he said, I had a quick walk around in the interval, but couldn't spot you. Then saw you in the distance, walk to your car. We were just driving out. Oh, so what did I, I was like, that would have been great. Like the first like, really cool, oh, because yeah. I wouldn't be standing after the show just outside of the, uh, down by the alley. I actually stopped one of the principals afterwards and shook his head and said how much I enjoyed the show, which I've never had the person coming out of the back from the, I just turned around and he was there. I was like, oh, I'm like, kind of looked like, I'm like, I have to do this. I'm like, hey, really enjoyed the show, man. Really did. Thank you so much. Wouldn't have been fun if Russ had just come up to you and went, hey, 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 it's the postman. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have been great if he interrupted my conversation with the guy from the show to be like, I need a picture. No, no, not with you. With the, can, can you take a picture? Can you take the you picture? You shake the guy's hand. He, yeah. like, Russ would shake the show yeah. hand. The guy's like, who have I just met? <laughs> I'm like, welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm very curious from our friends over at, um, from our friends over it it's a musical uh just just what do you guys think of uh what do you guys think of we will rock you if i'm being honest it's a weird show it is weird it yeah. is weird like the story makes no sense no they're just trying to put a load of songs together exactly so it's a jukebox musical right yeah. which if you're not familiar out there just means that you take all the songs of usually of one artist but not necessarily mm-hmm. but songs that people already know they're there to hear the songs they know and you try and build a story around it so in essence, what happened last night was like one third that, one third tribute band. Because the last twenty minutes, it's just, it's just, it's just like a concert. It's not it's, the, the story's long dead. If the story's so thin, I'd say it's one third a pantomime. Like it really is. You're not wrong. Oh, like the way they defeat the villain yeah. is like the most pantoy thing ever. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I watched it. I watched it like the the year it was going off the West End, and it was. Yeah, it didn't need to be on. It was like 20 years on. But I looked around at one point, and all, the, the, the average age had to be like 58, 60, 60 years old. And they're all like waving their hands back and forth to, we, we are a champions, oh. my friend. We will rock you. No, no, no. Because you do, we will rock you's got it. So oh, I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah. But I sat there and just started laughing. Hey, because all these 60 year olds, these like euphoric look on their face. With lighters. And I'm like, <laughs> not phones. No, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, this is the least rock and roll thing ever. <laughs> all, like, I'm using musical where the 60 year olds are all like sitting down nicely in their seats they probably paid like 50 quid a piece for <laughs> i'm like this is completely jars but at the end of the day it was someone saying the music you love it's cool that you still love that music and so i get the appeal yeah, yeah. people like people were euphoric on the way out like that was the best show ever because it was the songs you love done in a good way yeah and let's just get rid of the story early <laughs> go do that uh so um there we are gift of the week baywatch was the title yeah. baywatch we had entries from julene who did one of the rock when he did the movie russell and Dwayne smith both did the same gif of what's her name pam anderson no the girl from et Oh, Eric, Eric Erlenian. Would you believe it? Not one person did Pam Anderson? No, really? Now that you mentioned that? I didn't get a Yasmin Bleeth. I didn't get a Cam Anderson. That's that's insane. Um, Josh from your next favorite movie did What's Her Name talking to a boy. 
Uh, Hermes had this one on with David Hasselhoff, like a speedboat going through the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, there's no way I can lose this week. You want to bet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Peterson playing to his audience. It's like Cards Against Humanity, this, I said. You got to realize who you're playing to. Hulk Hogan on Baywatch. Hey, um, that's a good episode. Cheesy, very clever, I thought. Oh, okay. It was a shot of Joey and Chandler on Friends getting into the chairs. Because what do they watch when they're in the chairs? They watch Baywatch. I'm like, that's really clever. Clever. I like that lateral thinking. It reminded me of Taskmaster. It's like, oh, you did it without doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Very clever. Yeah. So there we are. Um, And then uh, Cheesy, and I'll say Andy Dixon, who I think this is his first time throwing a gif in there. So well, thanks, Andy. Yeah. Uh, three running lifeguards with American flag in the background. <laughs> all in slow motion. I'm like, it's a very full image. Uh, I am going to give third place this week. I'm going to go to Hulk Hogan. Ooh, I thought I'd been your second. Play to your audience. Number two, I'm going to go Chandler and Joey. <gasps> I thought I'd been your first. No, the, but David Hasselhoff did make me laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is going to go to Hermes. David Hasselhoff as a speedboat. I to write that as I really struggled with that and the hulk hogan one and then i made my mind up no it's gonna be this and then the chandler bing one came out of nowhere and i was like oh i don't know what to do with this <laughs> so no the official one goes to hermes there what we was go that, um uh hogan film he did where he was thunder on in paradise yeah he was on a speedboat though, wasn't he yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have been funny was the name of the was he thunder or was the name of the boat thunder i don't know both it was terrible it was bad right? it was dreadful just seen that on the twitter that's so cool yeah cheesy's made up i meant to mention that i must have skipped oh, it oh that's cool cheesy made up a he modified the bfe logo for best food <laughs> ever when we finally decided <laughs> to, do, cool. to do our audio so food cool. podcast yeah we did have someone at some point say i didn't think listening to a uh, podcast could make me so hungry that was cheesy, yeah. Was that cheesy? Yeah. There we are. So thanks for that. It might have been Hermes as well saying that, come to think of it. But yeah. Uh, so uh, if you're out there and you want to help support the podcast, the first and biggest thing you can do is give us um, uh, five stars on Apple or Spotify. I hear five is a magic number. Five is the magic number. All right. Let's talk about the film. Con- uh, little Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. 1967. A film that I'm eligible to teach if I want. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird because some films I'm eligible to teach and I love them. And some films I'm eligible to teach and they're rebel without a cause. <laughs> so which okay, that's one me is, done. Which one's this going to be? Which one's this going to be? Um, there's also um, uh, Apocalypse Now, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, which which you and I watched the extended cut and hated. Never watching that. Yeah, again. never watching that. <laughs> um, so Bonnie and Clyde is a 1967 biographical neo noir crime drama directed by Arthur Penn and featuring the story of real life romantic bank robbers Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker. So, before we go with Liam and why he chose it, I'm just curious, Georgia and Ethan, were you familiar with the the idea that there was a real-life historical couple called Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew who they were, I just knew nothing about them. Oh, really? So, you, did you know they were bank robbers? I knew, yeah, I knew that, but I, I knew the names, I knew they were, they were bank robbers, I knew nothing else about them at all. I think all I knew is that they were bank robbers, and I think I knew that they died, but I thought they died yeah. doing a heist, which obviously wasn't true. No. Yeah, no, I think I, I knew of them and knew that they had guns. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> so why are we doing this? Because Liam chose it. Yeah, because did, yeah. the minute I say to Liam, what film are we doing? He's like, well, let's not do any of that modern stuff. And by <laughs> modern, he means anything from 1970 onwards. <laughs> oh, come uh, on, I, I give this podcast 
depth. No, you do. I'm, you I'm, do. I'm, you I'm, do. Absolutely, you do. Because there's people who go. Do you guys ever do older films? And I, I almost always go, "What's Liam picked?" <laughs> and then I manage to sprinkle in like a few others, like Citizen Kane and Casablanca yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But no. So, so what was it about this one? Okay, as a child, I think I was about twelve, thirteen, around that sort of age. My dad happened to be just about to watch it, and I went, "What the hell is this?" And I sat and watched it, and I was like, "Wow." How glorified is that bit good? You know, uh, romance and out in fast cars and robbing banks. And uh, the more I looked into them, the more I didn't like them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that sparked my interest in gangsters, if you like, in gangster films mm-hmm. and uh, real life people like Al Capone and Dillinger and all them sort of people, which then got me onto Alcatraz, which made me look more deep into that sort of world. Um yeah, I want to be the, where the gangsters are. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I can remember, I've always wanted want to be, be a, a gangster. gangster. Very good. Um, Ray Liotta, yeah, rest in peace, buddy. Rest in peace, dude. And um, no, but that sparked my interest in um, the 1930s gangster culture of okay. uh, of the time. And I've done a lot of research. I love history. I've done a lot of research into Bonnie and Clyde. I've done a lot of research into the American West and all that sort of stuff. And that's where it sparked my imagination. So, Ethan, you watched it this morning, you said you did. You watched both yeah. our films today in one fell swoop. Yeah. 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 I, couldn't, I couldn't do that because I had to take notes. I would have been in a bad way. <laughs> That's like on two different spectrums there, isn't it? What? Well, Bonnie and Clyde and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> there was such a difference. <laughs> if Georgia gets face blindness between the two films, I'm like, I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> we should be okay with these ones. Um, yeah. Uh, when did you watch Bonnie and Clyde? Uh, Saturday night. Saturday night? Yeah. Because George and I were at rehearsal because mm-hmm. we're both in a production of Adam's Family coming up. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to watch Bonnie and Clyde after I get back. <laughs> so if you're interested. So Friday at like 10.30, I fired up the TV <laughs> to watch, to watch Bonnie I and Clyde. Thor, Ragnarok. Oh, because I wanted to watch Thor. I thought Thor's a more... I knew what I was getting with Thor, and yeah, therefore yeah. I felt I was a guaranteed thing on Sunday. Oh, okay. So, yeah, as opposed to something that might need my a bit more of my attention or time, or if it wasn't going well and I was too tired and had to restart it, mm-hmm. um, I Bonnie and Clyde would be the one that I need to pay probably more attention to. Okay. So I was going to go with that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, directed by Arthur Penn, written by David Newman and Robert Benton, produced by Warren Beatty. Yeah, he's a big advocate for this film. Cinematography by Burnett Guffrey and music by Charles Strauss. Just for the sake of Georgia, who hasn't clocked in what that means, Warren Beatty was the guy who played Clyde. Oh, no, I knew that. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said react. Oh, you also know, this is going off a little bit, but you also know the song, You're So Vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. That one. Yeah. I don't know what song. <laughs> Carly Simon, right? Well, anyway, that is about Warren Beatty. Is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm going to try the pretext. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is one of the rumors is that it's about that. There's a few yeah. others who are mentioned in that. Because a lot of people thought I was Mick Jagger for years and years. Mick Jagger. I heard but Clapton. Jagger, Jagger is on the, the song. Yeah. He's, <laughs> to be fair, I can see you getting that by Jagger pretty easily. <laughs> who are we singing this about? Oh, no one you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he only comes in in the second chorus. Does he? Yeah, he's not in the first. Um, um, the film was intended as a romantic and comic version of the violent gangster films of the 30s, updated with modern filmmaking techniques. Arthur Penn produced some of the most violent scenes with a comic tone, sometimes reminiscent of Keystone Cops style slash 
slapstick films, then shifted disconcertingly into horrific and graphic violence. Not wrong there. Yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, the film has elements of the French New Wave director's influence. The French New Wave... You can see that. Is, is when, for anybody who doesn't know what French New Wave is, it's uh, when small sort of handheld cameras sort of became uh, doable. So like that sort of Super 8 kind of, yeah. kind of gimmick. And what that does now, all of a sudden, is that cameras are movable. Before, they were big, heavy objects you couldn't take with you. Mm-hmm. But now you can go ahead and you can sort of be anywhere and, and do anything. Now, it's got a certain look and feel to it as a result, but it really explodes... <laughs> in france as you might imagine mm-hmm. for the term french new wave yeah so uh this does have a lot of it especially in the closing Ugh. especially in the closing yeah. um the first handling of a script of this was in the early 1960s influenced by french new wave writers as well not yet completed uh newman and Benton sent pen an early draft he was already engaged in production decisions for the chase do you know that film yep okay and couldn't get I involved so in the script use that as a chance to drop that you were on the tv show. oh i was i was on the chase yes <laughs> i remember being engaged in production decisions for the chase i was so expecting that. no i totally didn't even get the the homonym there yeah uh, the writer sent their script to uh, Francois Truffaut, who decided instead to direct Fahrenheit 451. But at their suggestion, um, they uh, Truffaut was, the, produ- the producers weren't. They approached Jean-Luc Godard, and Jean-Luc Godard is like the man of French New Wave. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Now, he had some ideas. <laughs> he wanted to shoot the film in New Jersey in January during the winter. <laughs> Which might have clashed with the Texas sort of. Just, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but he said, um, uh, and he took offense when the producer said, no, 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 it's got to be in Texas because Texas is warm year round. Like, yeah. you can't do Jersey. And uh, so obviously it wasn't working. And he said, je vous parle de cinéma, vous me parlez de météo, au revoir, which translates to, I'm talking cinema and you're talking weather. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, after it was produced and became a, a hit, uh, Goddard said, betting the Newman a cable that read, now let's make it all over again. And it's like, don't need <laughs> no, to. No, it did okay funny. for itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so soon after the failed negotiations for production, Warren Beatty was visiting Paris and learned through Truffaut of the project and its path. And then he got back to the States and bought the rights. Okay, yeah. So then uh, when the meeting with Godard wasn't uh, productive, he changed his approach and convinced the writers that while the script was very French New Wave, you need an American director. So many directors turned this down before Beatty finally convinced Penn to direct the film. Beatty was entitled to 40% of the profits. Well, he was a driving force behind 40%. So we'll talk about that when we get to the end. And Penn got 10% of the profits as the director. So 50% of the profits are going to those two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the film premiered at the Montreal Film Festival on August 4th, 1967, Canada's 100th anniversary, or centenary, or as you'd say in this country, I found out, centenary. Centenary. Wow. Uh, At first, Warner Brothers didn't promote Bonnie and Clyde, and only gave it limited releases that seemed to confirm it would just go to drive-ins as the second part of Double Features. Uh, but the film uh, did actually uh, have excellent sustained business in se- the selected theaters it ran in. So Jack Warner, he of Warner Brothers, uh, he was selling the studio to Seven Arts Productions, and he would have dumped the film, uh, except for uh, he gotten into a bit of a okay, this is kind of a silly point, but he was he was just feeling too defiant at the end to sell any of the studio's films and didn't end up doing it. Uh, but a screening for the this film went so badly that Jack Warner got up three times to pee 
<laughs> Warner initially dumped the film into drive-in and second-run theaters, like we said, and apparently went to his grave, still hating the film. Really? <laughs> Even after it was a hit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Beatty complained to Warner Brothers that the company, if they were willing to go so much trouble for a film called Reflections in a Golden Eye, um, their neglect of his film, which was getting excellent press, suggested actually a conflict of interest. You just have you, you have a, a personal vendetta against this film. It sounds like it's it. getting good reviews. It's getting it's it's attracting box office. Why are you purposely submarining your own product? Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, Beatty's got a massive financial yeah. stake in this. Forty yes, percent of the profits, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much to the surprise of Warner Brothers management, the film then became a major box office success. And now we're ready for our deep dive, and we begin with opening credits and still photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that would be a theme in the film, wouldn't it? The idea yeah. of here's our our camera, like proper old school camera. Kids, if you were watching this, that was a camera they were using. <laughs> do you know why? <laughs> Can't do a selfie with those. Do you that know easy. why they did this? Bonnie well, Parker was uh, an avid. Uh, well, I was going to say, imagine it's got to be based in some sort of historical fact. Yeah, she was. She was an avid uh, photographer. So then the photos kind of act as almost like a little bit of. A, it's almost like a visual overture, mm. like when you go to a musical yeah. and you get like, here's all the melodies you're going to hear. Instead, this is here's some key moments from 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 the show of the film you're about to see. Yep. which feels very reminiscent of stage shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, we also get some backstory and Clyde's already a small time crook by the time the film opens. And it's not shot in black and white. No, but f- from what I remember when I did research years ago, Warren Beatty tried to get it in black and white. Beatty wanted it in black and white. Is he it did. Beatty or Beatty? How do you say it? Beatty. Beatty. Beatty, yeah. Um, yeah, Warren like, Beatty wanted like, it in, in black like and Baywatch. white. Like Baywatch. Baywatch. Beatty. 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 Yeah, like Bay and a cup of tea. I'm just Whose call, tea is that? It's Beatty. I'm just going to call him Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> so so Warren Beatty um, was, uh, yeah, he wanted them black and white, but Warner Brothers rejected the idea, especially Jack L. Warner, <laughs> who considered the subject matter an unwanted throwback to the early period where gangsters were common ground. I'm guessing he felt gangster films were beneath his studio. Because like they it. were. Gangster films were like a big thing a decade, two decades earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this could feel like, haven't we progressed past this? Why are we still telling this sort of story? Yeah. Um, without thinking, there could st- there could be, you know, um, something that plays against type. There could be something that, that transcends that genre mm-hmm. in the eyes of the public at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Um, so lips and let's meet Bonnie played by Faye Dunaway. So we get the color right away. She's putting her lipstick on and we get Faye Dunaway. She is a beauty. And when, she is very naked. And when she Beatty, very nice. when Beatty was on board as producer only, his sister, Shirley McLean was a strong possibility to play Jesus. Bonnie. Jesus. Oh, Obviously no. when Beatty decided to play Clyde, they needed a different actress. Absolutely. And it was a long list. Jane Fonda, Tuesday Weld, and well. Margaret, Sharon Tate, Leslie Karen, Carol, Lindley and Sue Lyon all or Leon all uh, were considered with Jane Fonda announcing years later she uh, was unsuccessful so it wasn't that they were trying to and she they couldn't get her to audition she went for it and wanted it badly wow. and resented Faye Dunaway for decades for getting the role <laughs> never Aww. got over not because what did Jane Fonda really do Barbarella. <laughs> well, and, and some workout videos workout right <laughs> like you know Faye, Faye Dunaway became a legit leading lady yeah she was yeah share uh, audition for the part and, really? And rumor has it that Sonny Bono filmed, uh, sorry, phoned, phoned Warren Beatty and chewed him out 
because like he's doing some controversial stuff on this film oh for the yeah, time yeah, oh yeah, massively yeah, yeah 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 and so he shoot him out for allowing share to <laughs> this doesn't scream a toxic masculinity at all <laughs> you know about letting allow, how dare you allow my wife to audition for this sort of film wow because yeah. she wanted to because she wanted to yeah imagine that yeah um Beatty begged natalie wood to play the role and she declined to concentrate on her therapy and acknowledging that working with Beatty had before been difficult i believe i read in, in some more research that that was the last conversation they had and she attempted uh, to take her own life that e- that very same evening jesus yeah. oh god so um yeah so that's why she wasn't in there is natalie wood the woman from Rebel that course. My, one of my least favorite films of the year, or a lot of cause. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you stop saying that? <laughs> I, I wish I could close my eyes and stop seeing it. What, what film is was Rebel Without a Cause? Rebel Without a Cause was the, the one with Dean. James Dean, where they hang out in, a, in a, like astronomy or whatever it was called. What's it called? An observatory. An observatory. Yeah. Oh, with the kids that get shot. The high school. Yeah, we're, we're like, we're yeah. like, we're like her boyfriend gets like killed, and like she's making out with oh, the guy yeah, like, oh, like the an guy hour and a half goes later. Off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I remember it. Yeah. She gets over it really quickly. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> As a um, kid, that spoke to me. Now it's not so much, but yeah. I still have fond memories. I was talking. I was talking to my work every day because we're trying to figure out. I was with a bunch of our film teachers and trying to figure out what to do. And I went, I, I could totally see myself teaching Ferris Bueller if I had, you know, we mm-hmm. whether a film that we've covered here in the pod. Yep. Um, and I, I could teach that. I, I'd quite be all right. It's not my favorite film, but I could definitely teach it. I went, the thought of having to watch Rebel Without a Cause one more time in my lifetime was just one time too many. I'm like, ain't happening. <laughs> so we're doing Dracula and the Lost Boys instead. <gasps> yep. Cool. Yep. Cheesy just started following me on Twitter. There you go. Hey, hey Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. <laughs> um, so Faye Dunaway said that she won the part by the skin of her teeth. And there was a big thing where Warren Beatty wasn't going to give her above the line uh, crediting. And what that means is, you know, when you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, let me explain. People who, who live in the microphone who might not go, well, okay. what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean, Ian? <laughs> it means that when you're like, you know, you go to the movies and you see Chris Hemsworth, um, Tom Hiddleston, yeah, uh, Natalie Portman, Thor, Love and Thunder. This time, it's thunderific. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, the, and, and then it lists all the other actors who are in it the does, film. It does, right? it I don't know why I did like, like the, the, the voice. It's not. You're reading things. I don't know why Tom things. Hiddleston was in that film. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not going to be in it. But anyway. <laughs> uh, anybody, so the, the idea being that if you come before the name of the movie, you're a huge star. Yeah. Yeah. And men always like Tom Cruise to- almost always comes. Tom Cruise, name of the film, everybody else. Yeah. Back in the day, it was always men before women, regardless of whether they were... Yep. The- the star of the show or not so warren Beatty didn't want to give he would be he would be first but he didn't want to give her that billing because then he's not a special if you're the only name like tom cruise right yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're the only name you're you're a huge movie star yeah despite the fact that the film was called bonnie, bonnie and clyde because yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's what they were called well exactly but you, you can't then claim that you're better than one half is better than the other surely oh i don't know encino man the encino man isn't the biggest part in the film do you know um there was a Steve McQueen and Paul Newman, right? Steve McQueen had yep. a big beef with Paul Newman yep. just because of a part that he got. Paul Newman was one of the nicest guys in Hollywood and he didn't care about Bill and he didn't care about, you know, where he came and everything like that. Steve McQueen was like a train. He he was like, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And he was always pushing to be the best. Yep. When they did the Tower in Inferno, he insisted that they had the same amount of lines, even though Paul Newman had more lines. He insisted that he was first billing, yeah. and Paul Newman didn't really care, right? 
But the studio said, right, if you're going to have first billing, Paul Newman is going to have second billing, but higher. And that became a thing. So, Well, we saw that when we did um, Chicago. Yeah. Oh, if you want to go all back in our archives, it looks like episode <clears throat> like eight. Yeah. Um, where Renee Zellweger and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones couldn't decide between them who should be top billing. Yeah. Because so someone got the furthest left, but someone then got to be higher. Higher, yeah. Yeah, it's the only way they get around it. They did it with cheers as well. Cheers, they did it. So, yeah, someone came first left, but someone was on top. So both of them could claim, I got top billing. Yeah. So The ego. I know. Does it it affect you in the long run? The the performance is still there. I think, no, no, because it's not not that, Ethan. It's, it's It's about kind of what persona you sort of project out there. It's about what are people's... You know, what's what your, oh, it's not the word persona, it's the word I'm looking for. What is it? Um, it's about your. Like brand recognition almost? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, so. That wouldn't bother me. And so it's about what's the perception? That's what I think I'm looking uh, for. Uh, yeah. What's the perception of how big a star you are? And the idea being, if you're the first one, then you're the big movie star. It's not about the quality of the work. It's because at the end of the day, this is never about the quality. It's show business, isn't it? Yeah. Warren Beatty's in this for the 40% he's getting. Yeah, true. Remember, he he was the producer before he was. He didn't even want to act in it to start with. Yeah. So, you know, it's about what, what what's best for, for that level. And it's a bit of one of those when you do a show, it's like, are you the last to bow or does someone bow after you? Like, if yeah. it's like, it's like that. Like, yeah. I mean, I looked at the back of the script for Adam's family and was like, where do I bow? Like, oh, do you really? Cause it's a, it's a bit of an ego thing, isn't it? Like you want to know yeah. who's after you. You, 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 you want to know, you want to know an ego thing. You wait until the, it's always fun when the guy who's third or fourth from the end gets the biggest cheer. That's all I'm saying. Just, just you do you know, know that you put me in those black pigtails and I will me. be all over huh? it. That doesn't bother me. I don't oh, care I'm, if I'm I so, I'm so, I'm so infatuated. Oh, that don't get, I don't get I won't lie. I am because I want to be better than him, but that's about it. <laughs> when, I don't care. when we did business and i was the lead it must have been like i don't know who it was it might have been ian but it was someone else like still got a bit of time that's the loudest one so far i got on i just said hey yeah. that that like that crippled now, it, 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 it can't be the one when like someone's like obviously all their friends are just there on one night it can't be yeah. that one it's no, when you no, look no. and you go i don't even know anybody in the audience tonight and you're going that was a pretty big cheer yeah, you paid him off though, right? It probably, it probably, it probably was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was the villain. I was a good villain. Yeah, I was, I, were, I was you one. Were, you were the fun. He was method acting. People loved yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm straight that. man of it. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, Hermes. I'm like the clean, boring guy. Hermes, I've had many years of practice giving Ethan a hard time, both on mic and off, on stage and off. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and not just, just Ethan. Not just Ethan. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where are we at here? Um, after that, oh, she's punching the bed. There's a close up on her eyes, and there's a. This is a. This is film is very much a string of moments, and I'd argue there's times where there's not really a cohesive story that runs through it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, and this was one. I guess what they're going for here is she hates her pedestrian life. Yeah, they make a big thing of it. But man, like at the start, you're like, what is she doing? Yeah, she's just punching her bed. Um. And they're doing everything they can do to make you think she's going to be topless. And by going to be topless, she clearly is topless, but that you're going to see. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thought process there. And I came to a thought on this because I was thinking, why are they so quick with the nakedness? And I've actually got a theory on this, Georgia, because you were going, what's going on here? Why is she naked? Yeah. Here's my thought. Ready for this? Come. She's been presented to the audience as this object of sexual desire in the very first frame. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So that we have been trained to lust after this woman. Yeah. And to therefore want to live vicariously through Clyde, who we assume is going to be able to have her. Yeah. And therefore, mm-hmm. we get to have our wish fulfillment through him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so that way, when he doesn't do that thing, no, it jars even more because yeah, yeah. we've been almost promised by the, the film from the very first scenes yeah. that this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Because we've been told, look at her as an object of sexual desire. Yeah. So there we go. I think that part is quite clever. It is. Yeah, I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> um, before filming started, well, you won't like this. <sighs> Get ready for your context corner, worst of the year. Before filming started, Faye Dunaway was told to lose 25 pounds. Oh, wow. my God. Oh, I didn't know that. That's disgusting. Wow. 25? Yeah, the film studios back then were that, that, horrible. That, that, that is the wave that the business ran, yeah. but I was just really it's disappointed not, to hear that. It, but they did, no. didn't they? For weeks, she fasted except for an occasional salad and walked around wearing a 12-pound weight belt with smaller weights around her wrist to help her burn the pounds off faster. Wow. She took the weights off only to sleep and to bathe. Bloody hell. And you got to consider, who's going to tell you that? Producers, right? Yeah. Who's one of the producers? Initially, Warren Beatty refused to have, I said that already, even in shooting. So, yeah, um... Finally, after the film was shot, he realized how strong an impact she was going to make in the film and agreed to give her star billing alongside him. Well, he so. should. Like George said, it's Bonnie and Clyde. And so I got, I'm hey, so boy, what you doing with my mama's car? And she's like naked as she's like talking. You know, like, is he really going to rob the car? Turns out, yeah, yeah, he is. Because that's like, all man, it must have been super easy to rob cars back then. Must have been. Yeah. He doesn't care, though, does he? No. Nope. Uh, Warren Beatty originally was on board as a producer only. Uh, but the film is forthright in its handling of sexuality. But it was toned down from the original idea. The original idea is that Clyde would be presented as bisexual. He and Bonnie would have a three-way sexual relationship with their male getaway driver, who shows up, of course, later oh, in the really? film. C- I, C.W. Moss, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. C.W. Moss. Yeah. I, I, my, my, my gay dog was, was spinning around. I was saying, <laughs> like, all, no, all of this, like, vibes from that stereotype of, like, someone suppressing their homosexuality and doing, like, toxic masculinity stuff. Hermes like, would love this was. one because he brings this into every film we, whenever he's on, someone's always suppressing their homosexuality <laughs> in, his, in his reading. Uh, yeah, so there was that. Uh, I'm so I'm so glad I'm correct this there time. You Penn persuaded the writers that since the couple's relationship was underwritten in terms of emotional complexibility, it would dissipate the passion of a title characters and would threaten the audience's sympathy for the characters, and they would be written off as sexual deviants because they were criminals. I think he's correct in how an audience in 1967 would have taken this. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. if you present them as bisexual, they're not the anti-hero that you they that they need to be for. This film to make sense, but then, they were no. in real life anyway. Yeah, I'm talking about that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. at the time, I don't sit here and go, "What an archaic decision." I'm going, I understand why they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise, because they really struggle with the Catholic Defense League to like get them to not come after us because they were convinced she was naked, like topless, like you actually saw her breasts when she comes down to talk to him. Which of course you don't. She's wearing a no, robe no, at that no, point. Of course, yeah. But, but when, like, she, when she comes down those stairs, yeah. Like, that is a proper upskirt angle, and we know she's not put any other clothes on. Yeah, it's just a screen like, door, oh. so it's like, it's like you, it's, it's, this, it's this really, I hate to put it this way, it's this really clever thing where you know she's naked, and so that sort of fills that kind of, if you're there hoping you're going to see her naked, it sort of either both frustrates you, but also gives you what you want, what you really, really want <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but actually, it doesn't do, it, it, it doesn't do that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except for the, the guy probably handing her the robe just off camera. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so where are we at here? Others of the Beatty, Beatty was unwilling to have his character display that kind of sexuality and that the Hayes Code never would have allowed such content in the first place. Now, we talked about the Hayes Code really, really lightly when we did something like it hot all the way back in like episode 12 or something mm-hmm. it was. Uh, Clyde is portrayed instead as heterosexual, but impotent. Yes. Yeah. Um, did anybody else look at Warren Beatty? Beatty, yeah. Beatty. Um, and think Joker? Nicholson Joker? He had like a, when he smiles, he's got a bit of a Jack Nicholson smile to him. He had, didn't he? They almost, Nicholson was in the short running to play something, uh, to play, was it Moss? It was Moss, but they thought he was too similar looking. Yeah. So they did think about putting him in the brother role, but the brother role had been cast at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gene Hackman. Yeah. Um, so she thinks she's trying to steal her mom's car. He's probably right. He says, hey, I'm going to buy you a Coca Cola because I bet you're a movie star. There's all this sort of flirting going, oh, no. You're a nurse. No. And he goes, what do you really think I am? And she gets all upset. And he goes, I think you're a waitress. And he's 100% right. And he, um, instead, then he comes clean about his backstory. He said, yeah, I just got a jail. And she's titillated by it. Mm hmm. Yeah, she can see she's excited know, by this. Oh, this is frustrating, right? When you've done research, the research that I, I've researched over the years, um, Clyde didn't come across as that kind of guy. Clyde came across as quite a quiet, yeah, you know, unassuming kind of guy. There's a movie. I know, I know, <laughs> but I Hollywoodize it. This is what I mean. Yeah. This is what I was first introduced to. Before I went back and started yep. doing research on it. Well, we're going to talk lots about those. There's a few. I don't want to get every nitty gritty thing where it's different, but there are some significant ones where cause people have to like oh. sign off on this and let them use their yeah, their yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he comes clean about his back. Oh, sorry. He tells her that he's chopped off two of his toes to get out of work detail, and that <laughs> excites her. She's like, "Did it really happen?" Yeah. And he won't tell her, which he's got her on the hook. He's so out on the hook. He is instantly already the most interesting person she has ever met. Well, the limp must tell you. Well, he sells that limp the whole movie. Doesn't he? Yep. And has only one toe, not two. We get a... We, no, it's two toes. Yeah, I know. In the film, it's oh. two toes, but that's one toe. Okay, there we go. <laughs> There's Lehman Fact Check Corner this week. We get this money shot of them drinking Coca-Cola. Um, and she goes, what's it like? And he goes, prison? She goes, armed robbery. Which I think all of us would be like, what's the, what's the punishment like? And yeah. she wants to know what the thrilling, exciting part's like. And uh, then he gets his gun out, and she touches this gun with oh, a God. sexual Very feeling sexual to manner. it. Yeah. yeah. It is a fondle of the gun, it I is. might suggest. It is. Um and she goes, but you wouldn't have the gumption to use it. Egg and so he goes across to the um convenience store. convenience store and there's this like super long shot of wide shot of the town as he does it so you can see like how much of a one horse town this is. It's very wild westy still, isn't it? Oh, it's very wild westy. Yeah. Um, and so he robs it, and then only after they rob the he robs the convenience store do they exchange their names. Yeah. And what is a banjo? Not a banjo, because that bluegrass piece you heard at the start of the thing is actually anachronistic. Bluegrass didn't start till the mid nineteen forties. Ah. This film set in the nineteen thirties. Nineteen thirties. Yeah. Yep. Nineteen thirty two. I'll tell you what. She's like, I'm. I'm trying to be as as polite as possible. She is like on top of him as they are driving. She is. She is trying to instigate sex, not foreplay, but like full out sex. Yeah. Yeah. As he is operating a motor vehicle. Now I know this is. <laughs> I know this is a, not as many cars on the road. <laughs> no. But she's also like sitting on his lap, so he cannot see where he is going. No. The concept of an armed robbery makes her like 
act like a wild animal and it feels if it's so it feels kind of sudden with i check it's like eight minutes into the film that this happens she is clearly bored with her life again. and this is an exciting experience i want to live my life yeah again i think this is too much i think i think in real life she was just bored of where she was and that just gave a little bit of excitement not the what they're portraying in this film but you know they needed a movie's got a movie isn't it? He, it does he rejects her and says, look, I'm not like that. There's nothing wrong with me. And there's a pause. He goes, I don't like boys. And as he says that, he bumps his head on the car as he gets out. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a small hint of it left there. Yeah. Small hint of it there. I think I read him not as bisexual. I read him as gay. Oh, okay. I, oh, there, there I, I read, is, there is I read him as gay. Because if you're bisexual, yeah, yeah. well, then it's still, yeah. Then you have the sex with a lady and you have the sex mm. with a man. Yeah. And I don't think he's straightened him. I, I think he just really is gay. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, that, that's my read. There is like this victim of toxic Never masculinity while suppressing that, homosexuality kind of vibe throughout this entire film where he feels he needs to prove himself. And there's all there's a really weird attachment. Why would they stay together so compactly? If you know I, what I, mean? I think he fulfilled her emotional needs and mm. she, the, the idea of this excitement that she wants in her life. Right. And she fulfills the ability for him to lie to himself about who he really is. Yeah. Yeah, true. So she's the excuse. I'm just not a lover boy. That's all it is. It's not that I'm gay. I'm just not a lover boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, um, and they get to introduce him. We're Bonnie and Clyde. So he always gets that covering. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Clyde and Bonnie ain't got the same ring to it. No. <laughs> just the idea that he's with someone. He's not just, yeah, it's yeah. like, we're Clyde and CW. <laughs> <laughs> you boys spend an awful lot of time together. No, no, have I, have we, I'm going to Bonnie's name first. Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> have you met Bonnie? Together. Um, he tells her that she's different from other women, and they might have known each other 20 minutes at this point. Yep. And she goes, when did you figure all that up? When I first saw you, I thought you might be just the best girl in texas probably because she was naked <laughs> yeah but i didn't bother him though but it's what she wants to hear she's special yeah she's special she's excited yeah mm-hmm. so she's, she's in. uh they get coffee and he reads her mail and by that i mean like he basically goes you want to know what your life is like here's what i think your life is like and yep. he's clearly getting it all right yep 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 down down to the detail mm-hmm. yeah and she doesn't like it <laughs> no because it means she's this yeah, is yeah, make yeah. her special this means she's just she's a type yeah 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 like a bunch of other people who are that same type. She is not special. Um, but he goes, her hair, this was really weird. She had a bit of a curl underneath her ear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he goes, change that. I don't like that. Do you know why? No. You know the lady that came over to him, the waitress? Yeah. She had the same curl. Oh, does she really? So it makes her just like that. Oh, okay, interesting. Another change waitress. It. Yeah. Huh. How did you know that? that was the style of the time. Sorry? How do you know that? Because you saw it when she came over to him. I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out, was there like a point of view shot where they really closed up on it? Or is this just something that you've seen it so many times you can see it? Well, I don't know. Maybe I just, I just, I just. Because I didn't it. pick up on that. You pick no, up on I that? Okay. On that all. Yeah, she clearly There's has. There's a this, way you could tell that story then. Yeah. She has a very clear curl there. Oh, and okay. that's when he has that. He looks at her and she kind of comes onto him. Ethan, did you pick up on this? No, not in the slightest. No, because if it's because I believe you, I do. Because the waitress is very flirty herself, but she's older. But just like we talked about Jurassic Park with Jay, Ethan, when we were on there, like there's, yeah. there's there's ways that you can get us so that we understand that because that'd be re- mm. we were talking about the uh, the ring, weren't we? 
And we're like, if oh, the ring's yeah. got the same amber in, uh, in, in Jurassic World, oh, okay, yeah. the guy who now owns the park there has like the same sort of amber in a ring that John oh. Hammond had in stick. in a walking stick. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, it would have been cool if they'd showed us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this idea here would have been cool if you just give us a point of view shot where you go, they did show oh. you a point of view shot of her. It's just weird that three of us, I, I, 100%, but oh, it's just okay. weird that none of us got it. Because he comes across as such an asshole for that comment. He there. does. Yeah, but that's but only you, because he, he looks at her. If if he's telling her she's special. And then all of a sudden, the same waitress yeah. who's older, and he's looking at her going... I think I'm just trying to go, you've seen this film a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen this film once, and in our first viewings, yeah. we were unable to pick this up. So we walk away going, Clyde's a bastard. Actually, it's been about 10, 12 years since I've seen this. Right, but you've seen it yes, I more have, than yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah. Um, what do we got here? Uh... Then they steal some different car, and he goes, hey, but that's not the car we came in. It doesn't mean it has to be the car we go home in. No. Nope. <laughs> like, all right. And they wake up, and it's not this glamorous life. She's on, like, car furniture? Yeah. Yeah. In this uh, abandoned house. Yeah, smashed windows. Yeah. And um, she comes outside. I think she thought maybe he'd, uh, yeah, she thinks that he's left her for a moment. But he's outside, and he's showing off his shooting skills. She goes, oh, you're pretty good at that. He goes, I'm the best. <laughs> So, you know, I don't know. Well done there, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> if he had a button, he might have said. Oh, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> that's great. What is it? Oh, I, oh that's sorry. I've, I've already preloaded for the next film there. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have acknowledge me. So, there we go. Oh. He, he might have gone, let me ask him to push the button. Acknowledge me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we at here? And then uh, she wants to be taught as well. She so go, yeah. he sort of teaches her a little bit and she gets a measure. She's got to hit a tire, I think. Yeah. Like it's got to be harder to miss the tire from that distance than it is. And if to. you're trying to shoot inside the tire, you're not going to see it, are you? No, no. no. But she hits the tire. <laughs> but a farmer stops by and it used to be his house and the family is in the car. And this is the Great Depression, yep. which I felt the film could have. It's difficult because in the 60s, I think it's really obvious what the Great Depression is and what the Great Depression means. Yeah. I watched this in 2020. Like, I was able to pick up on this. I'm curious for our younger members here. Were you able to sort of figure out why these guys lost the house and why it was a big deal? Well, I don't know anything yeah. about the Great Depression. Oh, okay. So the Great Depression, basically, it's... Stock markets full. Stock markets crash. And as a result, a lot of people lose... Like, banks close, like we saw. Yeah. yeah. And in America, like, banks close. They just ran out of money. Yeah. They defaulted. And so you'd go to get your money. And there was no like. There was no situation where like you'd go and there was like insurance backing up your yeah. money. Like banks in the States are like just businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when it when it folded up, it like folded up. So it's kind of, imagine the scene in Mary Poppins where everyone goes to get their money out yeah. at the same time because no bank has the money. No. I think they only have to have something like 15% of it actually in in-house yeah. so, yeah, so, wow. so the theory is yeah so yeah, the same yeah, yeah. money can just be because that's, that's how they loan it out because they're, yeah. they're banking pun not intended on everybody not trying to withdraw their money at, at the, the same, same time, time. Yeah. and when you get a situation where all of a sudden times get tight and people don't trust a bank anymore yeah. and they go you know what i'll have my money and hold on to it yeah. they couldn't cover everything and as a result banks defaulted and then when you went for your money it's not there well here's how much you owe me i'm great you have that great piece of paper we don't got it what you gonna do Hence why later when they go to the bank. <laughs> yeah. So people would lose their houses. People would, and people were losing jobs. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. all these things affect every other part of Everything. the economy. Yeah. So if you ever seen those pictures of like, you know, work wanted and like, there's like a lineup around the block and stuff like this. That, that's all Great Depression stuff. Yeah. Of mice and, of mice and men, happen? Great Depression stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that start? How does that happen? 
basically you had you had wartime in in well 1914 to 1918 which then creates uh factories which then creates money and money starts circulating then everybody comes back from um the war and you have this positive economy and you also have technological improvements so everybody starts buying these new things the standard living goes up and then things like credit start developing and the stock market starts becoming more sophisticated and people start pumping their money into the stock market because everything's going up 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 imagine what's happening with bitcoin right now everything's going up 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 it happened with tulips in the 16th century like none of this stuff is new (laughs) right it can be stock it can be bitcoin it can be tulips anything that people are like if you'll give me more for it later than i can pay for it now we'll keep chasing that bubble until that bubble bursts funko pops even you get what i'm saying people who could it's only worth something as long as someone's willing to pay you for that but let's say tomorrow all the funko pops people went nah we found out there's something wrong with Funko Pops. The president of Funko Pops has been terrible. Nobody wants them anymore. Everyone's going, I gotta get rid of, I gotta unload these Funko Pops. And now no one's buying them. Yeah. So why, why did that happen in America? Well, it happened because that's what happened with stocks. People put all their money into these stocks. Yeah. And then everybody wanted to get their money out at the same time because I don't know, people, something's got, you know, the, um, the stock, because it actually happens in 1929. Um, like people try to get, the economy starts to slow down. So there's that. You can't go up and up and up and up forever. Yeah, yeah. And eventually people went, let's cash out. I want to cash out. Almost everybody wanted to cash out at the same time. Or one of the big companies starts going underneath and it just starts a panic that spreads throughout. Right. It's not like one individual thing goes and this one thing happened, but a bunch of things seem to happen and it all sort of took place on one day. They call that Black Friday, Black yeah. Thursday. Yeah, Black Friday, I think. Yeah. And so that's when everything just sort of crashes. Now, it happens worse of anywhere, really, in the modern world. It happens worse in the States. Yeah. Sorry, in the Western world. It happens in the States. And so it has a knock-on effect with us It has a knock-on effect. Anybody who traded with and things like that. But the big one is the States, and they have the images that sort of you remember for all time. Mm -hmm. Because people were also buying things on credit. Yeah. For the first time. And people were, you know, and all of a sudden your cash didn't go as far as it used to go and your job doesn't exist anymore. And then you default on your, on your house. And because you default on your house, it's because the bank takes it back, but the bank clearly can't make anything to do with it. So the bank goes under and then someone else loses their money and now they can't pay their bills. So why were people losing jobs? Because the businesses were going, because the businesses have their money in banks too. Right. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, when we had the housing crash, and one day I wanted to do The Big Short, because The Big Short's a great oh, movie. Yeah. yeah. Ellie hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that film. But, but I want to have... Uh, it is the housing crash of the 80s. I want to have... No, not the 80s. It's the housing crash of the of the late 2000s, early 2010s. Oh, yeah, two, oh, okay. 2008. And it's... Uh, and Steve Carell's in it. He's great in it. But it's the idea of it. Like, you could go and buy a house when it was all over. You could go buy a house in California for, like, 50... Like, I'm seeing things, like, 50 bucks. It was like, just take it off our hands. Give us for it like wow. property values went they went into the absolute to- in, the, in the toilet because they way oversold to everybody wow 100% mortgages right yeah, yeah and yeah. that sort of situation but done i believe there's a way you can do 100% mortgage but do it responsibly now that's this was 100% <laughs> mortgage and like irresponsibly how much more do you want to borrow and it's like their their fu- their earnings couldn't really line up with what yeah, they were yeah, borrowing yeah, yeah, yeah you see what i'm saying whereas now it's become too it's much the other way, way. Is, is yeah. that why it is so much the other way yeah because yeah. yeah, they're now. trying to protect themselves and again canada and britain not as bad as the states the states were playing loosey like insanely loosey-goosey <laughs> and as a result that's why they had housing crashes that were far more severe than the uk and canada oh okay and certain states more than others. California yeah, yeah, yeah. and Michigan were both hit really hard of memory serves. So there we go. A little bit of, a, of an yeah. aside there. I'm just going to push that back over there so I can see where we're at. All right. <laughs> 
Um, so, um, oh, so family introduces themselves, and uh, it turns out this used to be their house, and so he offers them the gun and lets them shoot a window out. Shoot a window, shoot the sign. Yep, because this is the bank's foreclosed on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And he invites Davis. Davis is, um, I guess he's his black laborer who lived on the land with them. It seems like he's a member well, of the family, kind of, sort of. Yeah, they the family. It's more of just an employee, yeah. but, you know, yeah, so they said, do you want to take a shot? And they give Davis a shot, and he shoots. And I don't know if you noticed, but between the, the the farmer shooting and Davis shooting, they put some cartoon bullets in the gun. Because when it went, it went ping pong, zing, zing, zing. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can hear if you go back to the start of the uh, yeah, start yeah, of this yeah. episode. Right, put they, that in there. They play fast and loose with bullets throughout the rest of the film anyway. They, so. mm. um, they introduce themselves with their real names. And then yeah. almost as an afterthought, uh, Clyde goes, Rob Banks, and like Bonnie kind of looks at him, and the farmer kind of looks at him because he's just so brazenly honest about it. And that, in a time like this, I think you need Georgia, just because mm-hmm. we were talking about the Great Depression. I think you need the Great Depression as the backlot for an. I'm not sure the film's successful in this, but mm-hmm. I think if the attempt of because what happened with the real Bonnie and Clyde is they become. Um, almost like cult heroes. Mm. It's like yeah, Robin yeah. Hood, isn't it? It's like yeah. Robin Hood. It's the yeah. idea of yeah. like, you know, who are they stealing from? The banks. Why? Because the little guy's getting screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they steal from the banks and the banks... Oh, they're massive. They're massive hypocrites. Oh, I'm yeah. not... Oh, yeah. need it. I, I, I don't think they're... But there's a reason why the public became infatuated because when the bank... Because the what's on the sign there? The yeah, bank took your house. Yeah. The bank is the bad guy, mm. but they're taking from the bank, which means the bank is having to be an even more of a bad guy. This might shock you to think of it. They weren't really big picture thinkers, Bonnie and Clyde. And not only that, they were very <laughs> small like time was. regional people. It was a re- they were it regional heroes. It wasn't until the photos got out they yeah. came in, and that was just one of those things. And later on, when we come to it in the bank, I want to talk about the guy. Yep, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, so they go to their first bank heist properly. So they've said we rob banks. They ain't robbed the bank yet. No. First bank heist, they go in and the bank is closed. It's <laughs> yeah. lost all its money. It's it, yeah. And Bonnie, he even makes the teller come out and yeah, tell Bonnie because he doesn't, he doesn't want to lose face. Because <laughs> no. he's going to think he's chickened out or something like that. It's one hell of a lot. And he needs her to think at this point in the movie, she's driving him to act, I think, more than the other way around. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bonnie laughs and the shoot out of it. Uh, they get like a, like, three bucks or something like it's something really minimal then they rob a store for some groceries and clyde almost gets done by some big guy yeah with a meat cleaver big guy with a meat cleaver and clyde's like he's like why would he put up a fight why would he, he the thought of someone else defending their money is completely foreign to him yeah um and clyde's not a big guy i'm sorry in real life he wasn't, no, he wasn't a big guy he's like five six i think yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff saw it um but he's, he's he's having a hard time dealing with it at this point i was having a really hard time with the obviously sped up footage of them driving that's funny <laughs> oh there's so much it's not even a chase scene but they're like let's speed it up it's not quick enough i think it's because if you didn't speed it up Parts of the film would be very slow paced. Yeah. So they're trying to make well, it a bit more exciting. That's why the bluegrass music is playing. But still have the same four or five seconds of them driving. Just, yeah. just, just cut it sooner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're speeding it up, you must have like eight seconds that you're speeding up to five seconds. Yeah. yeah. Just do five seconds and cut out because now I'm not laughing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you've clearly sped that up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, technology back then. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Then we meet C.W. Moss, played by Michael J. Pollard, who represents two to three to four of their sidekicks kind of put into one character into one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay um he's i guess he's just pumping gas is what he's doing he's working and pumping yeah. Yeah. yeah 
And I'm like, how much do you know about about uh, about cars? And he's like, oh, I know pretty good. He goes, what are you doing? Bonnie goes, we rob banks. <laughs> this time she's saying it. And they're like, you want to be in on this? And he goes, yeah. They go, how much? And he goes ahead and he steals all the money out of the register. And rather than just hand it over, he does he hand it over or does he just he's throw like, throws it? He throws it. Another Before thing. he's even in the car, and so they could well have just driven off without him. It's a convertible. Like, whenever they started driving, it just starts flying out. Another thing, right? Bonnie has just left her mum. Didn't yes. even say anything. No. CW has just left, not said nothing. To his dad, I think it is, yeah. You know, he's just gone. They were just getting in cars and going. Yep. This group doesn't have any idea of, like, a goodbye or whatever. Like, there's at least three plots that you could then create of, where's my child gone? <laughs> they were determined for the first half, maybe two-thirds of this movie, we're not leaving Bonnie and Clyde for anything, really. No. The exception would be this next scene, uh, where the cops are questioning the guy who Cl- uh, the guy that Clyde beat up with his gun. Yeah. And uh, we get the positive ID of Clyde. And we cut to him snoring his head off in bed with Bonnie. And then we pan down to him. And he ain't sleeping. He's faking it. Yeah. He's faking mm. sleeping so he doesn't have to put out. Yeah. With CW's in the room. I say it's CW that's actually snoring, isn't it? I think he's, the impression is that he's also snoring. He's definitely leading Bonnie to think that he's sleeping. I he's not. Yeah, yeah. CW's I snoring. Think but I think CW's he's snoring. I think he's making out that he's uh, He's, he's asleep. asleep. He's yeah. not. Uh, next bank job. We go do, and uh, he goes. He goes. All right, there's a stick up, <laughs> and nobody pays any attention. So he's not deterred. He just goes louder and does it, and it works the second time. Um, CW Moss parks the car. Lovely. You can parallel park with the best of them. Getting out of it afterwards is not so good at. But, but why would you? Yeah, bank robbery. Uh, there's so few automobiles in the road at this point. Maybe the thought was it would. This wouldn't be a problem. I don't know. He get wedged in there quite well, though, didn't he? Yep. <laughs> they robbed them. That's the thing. He's able to do it in reverse perfectly. <laughs> Go forward out of here. Now he struggles. No, yep. <laughs> um, so the bank. Almost as if the film just needed to create a moment of tension. Yep. And of course, this is the point when all the <laughs> cars have, have like runner it. boards on the side. Thank God for this movie. Because yeah. if we didn't have runner boards, half of these chase scenes would be drastically different. Drastically, drastically different. Um and um so what happens is as they're getting away, um the bank manager just goes ahead and uh hops on <laughs> hops on the side of the car. Yeah. And, and bear in mind what they do right here. Well George and I had said to each other, we went, Why is this rated an eighteen? Why is this an eighteen? And then oh, shoot the guy in the face. And you wanna <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This for me was a turning point. Yeah. You know, I'd yeah. just like to point out here though, he gets shot in the face and he's very much dead. Yes. I will end that statement there. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I agree. I would I would say, um, in my research, I saw it, we'd had a lot of stuff before in films where you'd show someone going, pow, 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 yeah, yeah. and then you'd cut to Liam, like, laying on the ground holding his side. Yeah. <laughs> they might discolor his shirt, maybe. <laughs> this is the first time, like, one of the first times you see, like, a guy, like, pull the trigger, Point and blank. we see, and there's no cut. We All in the same shot, yeah. pun not intended, we see the gunfire and and the uh the, the cause and effect yeah. Yeah. of of that action all at once and then to almost be seeing it almost from Clyde's perspective because we're behind the gun the camera's located behind the gun mm. so we almost sort of live that moment as well again i think in real life they were cold-blooded killers and i think they didn't care about anybody else they just did what they had to do to get away sure and this is why i don't like when they try and make them Oh, but they they gave out to the that's, common yeah, man. Yeah, that's the problem. Was because they in let the, him keep his money. They let him do this. Up up until this point, they've been 
nice people that just happen to rob banks as well. Whereas this is like, oh. I don't think they are nice people. I think the movie is trying to make them yeah, nice people. Yeah, that's what I've got a problem to, with the film is yeah. because they're like, oh, he's, they're fine. They're, th- they're this, that, the other. They just happen to be robbing banks. He then just absolutely smashes him one in the face yeah. with a gun. Like He could have just wound down the window and punched him off the car. <laughs> like That would have done the same job. No, he kills him. Yeah. Like, and they act- that is completely out of character for what we've seen so far. They Whether it's true or not. Life, but, yeah, yeah. but then they're also like, oh, but it's so good. Let's continue to kill people for the rest of the film as um, if that's their justifier. I don't think... Then I don't they think, play the rule really willy-nilly later on. I don't on think with- they shoot first kind of people in general. Actually, I think most of the shooting is reactionary throughout the film. In the film... But yeah, I think in real life I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not re- reviewing the real life no, of Bonnie not, and Clyde yeah, I'm re- yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't best Bonnie and Clyde yeah. historical ever this no, is no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the shot would have been censored in the past um, yeah, would, yeah. but uh, it wasn't the first time um, Sergio Leone who did like a fistful of dollars and thing, that, that sort of oh. trilogy they had shots like this but yeah, as but far as like a the big the first guy to shoot and you see it all in one action that's what, that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. um I'll tell you what, I don't think they're that upset at all, Georgia, because we cut and we just get Faye Dunaway as as Bonnie singing, We're in the money. Yeah. We're in <laughs> the money. The cinema, yeah, we shot a guy in the face, but I'm okay <laughs> with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they try and make Clyde out to be a bit of a nicer guy by going, Hey man, I just do that. Oh my god. And you you know, and he's like panicking. Yeah. You know? But I don't think he would have clearly done. doesn't care. Yeah. No, uh, Clyde is struggling with what he's done. Um, C.W. Moss as well. This is at the movies, yeah. Clyde offers Bonnie a way out, and it's a really clever thing. He goes, look, they're not going to stop chasing me now. I killed the guy. Yeah. Okay, they know who I am. They don't know who you are yet. You can get out of this. And um, she just... Yeah, and it's like you know, just in case you want to get out, like she was, just, she was literally just in the next room singing "I'm in the money." So she's just as much a psychopath as he. Oh yeah, she go, he goes to her. You ain't gonna have a minute's peace. She goes, "You promise?" Yeah. And then they start making out, and he pulls away, and then she gets on top of him, and she moves down the bed. Yep. yep. For 1967. Wow, Ooh, I was shocked. I was not expecting a suggestion of oral sex in this film. Turns out it's all right because five seconds later he's going to be like, no, I don't want that. And she's upset. Well, well, I mean, at least how she like looks and because he's impotent, she then goes, oh, okay. No, my reading isn't that because. That's how I saw it. Well, she opened, you see her open the trousers. Yeah, but you can try. No, he moves again. She doesn't give up. He quits first. Oh, no, she gave up. Oh, really? You think yeah, so? Yeah, yeah. She rolled over and went, ugh. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he pulls... Uh, so they're both upset. She's upset because she's not getting that validation she wants getting physically. getting aroused by her... And I'm assuming, being, yeah. you know, the way the character is presented is that... I think she's in, in real life. I'm going to ask my... Is there anybody here who to be an expert on the subject? <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you'll have to do. Um, she was presented as a... I mean, the word I read in my research was nymphomaniac. I think, you know, just a highly, highly sexualized person. Yeah, but I, I, I struggle because obviously I don't know them. The only thing is just reading what other people have said. I don't think she... Why would she stay with him? Why would she go on this... It's the two year. You know what's the same thing we talked about with Warren Beatty. It's about it's about perception. 
Oh, she mm. loved being Bonnie and Bonnie and Clyde. And to be fair, she wasn't really that attractive. Without Clyde, that's true. Without Clyde, who is she? Yeah, true. she's she's a waitress. Yeah. Also, it's probably a bit of a like, if he is impotent or whatever, then it's a it's a goal, isn't it? It's like I can make him not be. <laughs> is this Marilyn Monroe with I the can whole? Fix like, him. <laughs> I can fix him. Marilyn yeah. Monroe with the whole. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna sell kisses for the milk fund. <laughs> That's, her, that's what he does. He pretends he's impotent. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, she's yeah. like, let me have another go. <laughs> and he's like, I'll oh. sort you out. And then he, I think it's the whole joke is, I think something moved. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I, I'm winning. I'm like, this guy's the most clever guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Um, he says, I told you I wasn't an old lover boy. And she shrugs and smiles. But I've said, I don't think it's authentic. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, then we meet Buck Barrow. Yeah, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, Georgia. Did you recognize who this was? It's that. It's that part of the podcast. Everybody, it is, it is. I, a little <laughs> we got a couple bit. Of I, re- these. I recognize the other one more. Okay, so imagine, this one. Oh god! Imagine he was having a fight with Denzel Washington about whether the nuclear sub was actually should fire or not. I don't know. I Did, can't. I can't. Were you was when we saw Crimson Tide? Yeah, but I can't picture him. Oh, okay. Do you have another one? Okay. Superman. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. She's never, never seen Superman. Superman. What are you doing? Oh, you he's. Uh, you, have never you seen, seen the Birdcage? You must I've have not seen, seen Birdcage. No, uh, but I mean, you must have seen. Superman's pictures. like 1980. There's no way. 1978. But I don't remember. My best bet was this. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen Christmas with the Cranks? No. No. Okay. I like, oh, recognised him because I think I've like seen. Obviously, I've seen his face because I've seen Crimson Tide. But yeah. like, it was the other one that I actually recognised. Recognised. He has here the dog that like took a leak on the on the sub. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what the old man? The old man. Yeah. It's the old man. Gene okay. Hackman. Yeah. No, I know who that is. Yeah. That's why we went with it. You're like, yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. It's been well, it's been fifty years. Yeah. Well, that point thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so he makes this joke, uh, not not the big joke, actually. I'm curious if we can explain the big joke to me, because I was taking notes. I'm not sure I got it. But she says, hey, it's the face powder if it gets a man interested, but the baking powder if it keeps him at home. Yep. Well, she, you know, the first, you know, the, the way to any true man's stomach is, uh, sorry, heart is through his stomach, stomach or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clyde introduces Buck to Bonnie and everybody chew each other. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, Gene Hackman was on set one day and he noticed a guy standing behind him and staring. The man said, hell, Buck would never have worn a hat like that. Hackman turned around and said, well, maybe not. And uh, he said he looked like an old Texas farmer. And the man introduced himself and said, nice to meet you. I'm one of the Barrows. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, they... they does anybody remember what the joke was about about the cow never sell the cow oh it's because it, it she thinks that it's it's that she's she won't drink the whiskey okay mum won't drink whiskey okay but they but she's dying so they're trying to keep her comfortable and so they keep putting a bit in milk to give her it and actually what she's doing is drinking a bit more a bit more a bit more and by the time she's downing it she's actually drinking like a shot of whiskey she's like don't sell that cow because <laughs> the cow is she thinks the milk she thinks is the, magical. The, the milk is naturally um, alcoholic yeah oh it's not a very good joke okay that's not a great joke <laughs> no, it's not a great joke no, no. but it yeah. came out more than once in the movie i'm like i kept missing the start of it though i'm like i don't know what this is i thought they were milking that joke uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna smile a wry smile and continue on don't have a cow man <laughs> don't, don't get my ride. No, All right. what is, I thought rye is a plant, isn't it? Rye is a form of whiskey. 
Oh, it is. There we are. Oh, there making we cow are. jokes. <laughs> I, was, I was pivoting. Someone Let's ordered the milk. Someone ordered the milk. I was going to do the whiskey. <laughs> I gave it a shot. <laughs> Let's meet Blanche, played by Estelle oh. Parsons. Uh, she doesn't want her picture taken. She's very much a party pooper at the start. Oh. And she's very, she's a preacher's daughter. Which she, I don't think she really was a preacher's daughter, if memory serves. She so hang on, you said, the ass off me. I'm just going back a couple of days. You said when they were filming this, one of the Barrows was on set. Yeah. As in the brother was on set. No, no, a no, Barrow. No, no, because no, yeah, no, yeah. no, both Barrow boys die. Well, yeah, 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 that's why I was confused. Like a Barrow of the family. Of the family, yeah. Um, Somebody knew them. Cousins, nephews, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. Was, I was just confused because it, it, you didn't elaborate at all. I said, uh, yeah, nice to meet you. I'm one of the Barrows. As opposed, if it was Clyde, you go, nice to meet you. I'm Clyde. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because obviously I'm in this, dead. they Woo. refer themselves as the Barrow Gang. So I was thinking it must have been one of the Barrow Gang. I'm Clyde Barrow. <laughs> don't tell anyone well, it's obviously not going to be Clyde is it God's sake. it could have been the brother they could have just added his death in for like whatever what in the film nah. uh, it's a funny story about his death wait until we get there I didn't write it down oh, but I've I got it uh, Buck then shoots Clyde holding a Tommy gun and Bonnie holding a cigar and a revolver and the shot of her with a cigar in her mouth actually did exist it, it was did, a joke but, but people misinterpreted in it setting no no but it was just them going here's yeah, something that yeah, you might have yeah, known because yeah. that's the thing some people when this comes out would have been old enough or local enough to have remembered certain key elements yeah. of the actual story because i went until the photos are discovered they become famous nation- nationwide yeah yeah um so clyde pretends to be a big deal in the sack to his brother because you know picking himself up because you know blanche isn't that isn't that good to look at in, in 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 the film? In real life, she was the far more attractive, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of, of the two women. Yeah. But you know, so he goes, "Oh, tell, you know, Gene Hackman, newly married. Tell me what is she as good as she looks?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, better." And he's like, "Oh, hot dog." <laughs> That's gross. I've never had a conversation like this no, in no, my no, life. <laughs> uh, like all those things about like locker talk and things like that. Like maybe if you were in like high school, I uh, guess. I no. never happened any any situation I've ever been in. Nor me. No. Good. <laughs> I'd hope not. I think probably it's worse than female locker rooms. I agree. How many have yep. you been in? Do <laughs> it. <laughs> Zero. There we go. That's why I use the word I think as opposed to I know. Well, you think on <laughs> you think based on what evidence? That's my question. Men it grows. The side of the argument I want to win. <laughs> just gonna make up my own facts oh, okay we're doing that now wonderful yeah. i'll i'll join in on that train it's, it's that kind of podcast uh, <laughs> um so we get a full this film was great we get a fuller <laughs> version of the top of its cho chopping story in the special edition dvd documentary estelle parsons who played blanche says she was the only member of the cast who actually researched the history of the barrow gang she also says early in the filming she wanted to meet the real blanche barrow but warren Beatty, in his role uh, capacity as producer vetoed the idea finally a week later he relented and set up a meeting but by that point parsons had lost interest and never met blanche in fact, Warren Beatty brought the script to Blanche for her to read for approval before she gave permission to use her name. She agreed the script was factual and approved it. While there, Warren Beatty played the piano and sang for her. She was very fond of him, even though the director completely changed the script to make her look, in her own words, a screaming horse's ass. Yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, she took her third husband, Eddie, to see the movie with her for the first time and nearly died of embarrassment. That was horrendous. Um, she's the worst part in it. One of director Arthur Penn's intentions was to make the character of Blanche as hysterical as possible. So as a result, 
Bonnie looks cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say he did a good job. <laughs> I'd say he went too far. I'll tell you what I noticed around this time. Hey, Bonnie's wearing berets. She is. And he looks good in a beret. Yeah. Is that and a French connection? Beret sales <gasps> went connection. beret sales went through <laughs> <Gene> Heckman. <laughs> beret sales went through the roof after this. I can imagine. Yep. Yeah. Uh they go to Missouri because, you know, he shot a man somewhere else, so go to Missouri. Shot a man. I, I think Reno, that's on the like the state side. You know how it's like, die. you know, welcome to California, the Sunshine State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Missouri. Yeah. If you shot a man somewhere else. We'll pardon you here. Come on home. You're fine. You're home now. <laughs> they Blanche is like, oh, our first marriage. I mean, the place looks like a dump. And she goes, it's so clean. It's so clean. And look, it's got a fridge and not an icebox. She opens it up. If you've ever opened a fridge that's not been plugged in for oh, a while, oh, it's rough. <laughs> oh. Even our one at work, like we have a fridge at work, but obviously it's not plugged in because we don't have electricity. We just use it as a glorified cool box and like put ice packs and stuff in it. If you leave that shut... Like when you're not yeah, there, it's, it's got nothing in it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It is. My, my last apartment I got, uh, we didn't know, but the people who originally were there before us got kicked out and they were pissed. So they just left everything in their fridge, including like a whole like tin pot of beans in that fridge turned off. That was one of the most horrific fridges <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Beautiful. Sorry, I really need to get that off my chest. It's been like four years. La- See, last week we were all about here's some really nice things to listen to about food. This week we're <laughs> flipping that. <laughs> Worst food ever. Sorry if we spoiled it. Um, <laughs> Don't encourage that. Now, <laughs> uh, also imagine not only the fact that the place is a dump. Like yeah. Our first married home, and also your brother and his partner, and whatever and CW bosses. Yeah. <laughs> After they've killed someone. Our like- first home with three people I've known for like a I day. Uh, they're playing checkers, and Bonnie is bored. She does. This is what she signed up for. Mm-hmm. She signed up for excitement. And then he goes to her room and mocks Blanche. And she's really quite mean. She is. Really quite cruel. Yeah. Uh, they order groceries, and it's way- first off. We're only getting back now to the idea that people will deliver groceries to you. We missed something for about 40 years there. Yeah, we did. Because that's yeah. cool. That is. Yeah. They arrive very quickly as well. Well, there's a cut. Well, Georgia, a it cut, could have been like, like a day later. Like, you know no, what I mean? No, no, that's how cuts cut, work. But there's nothing in between. So actually, that's, that, that's what cuts so what, are. Yes. No, but, no, but you, you could have had anything else in between. There. You cut back to them playing this or something to show a passage of time. Otherwise, you've got just a cut that could have just been a camera cut. All or right. like a time jump cut. Maybe he was next door and had the groceries ready to go. Must have been. Yeah. Um, much like <laughs> much like that conversation, ordering groceries was way more effort than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just just getting the groceries out. And for some, like, I don't know why Clyde's needs to look out the 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 curtain from upstairs. And I don't. Nor do I understand how that a curtain flickering is enough to bring the, the, entire, the entire police, police force. Oh, no. all you know is that there's someone who f- you know i bet it's that guy who shot a guy in the state next to him that's what they say about he said they said he likes to flick a curtain the only <laughs> thing i can think of is don't he might face. have recognized bonnie but i just don't know why but how would he someone who lives in the next state alone that needed some explanation yeah it did, it that did. Needed right. i, I totally like. agree with that and the cops they just show up and everyone just starts shooting, shooting guns. Like, no yeah. one knocks and goes, hey, it's the police. Yeah, no. Can we they it's check like, who's actually there. No, this is just, it's like some weird idea of what people want this time to be rather than why, what it is. Yeah. Why in God's name would Bonnie answer the door if she's one of the, like, complicit criminals instead of, like, Blanche 
or the brother because they weren't seen. Or CW Moss, who no one's also, figured yeah, out yet. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, CW Moss. Leave it at the door. I want to hang out with him because like, he doesn't get caught for anything. Nope. No one like ever recognizes him. him. Yeah. Um, Blanche is screaming bloody murder. Uh, as I'm saying here, how much sway does the delivery boy have? Um, I said, screaming bloody murder. I said, which is fitting because Buck then murders a cop. Yep. So there we go. And also, um, in real life, once uh, they've killed somebody, especially a copper, there's no jury. There's no nothing. They're just out to kill yeah. you. Yeah. You're done. Uh, Blanche is left behind. And then they go back for her. I wish they'd have left her. Um, they drive away. She gets out and she's running by the police and they go round. Yeah. She cuts across. Doesn't and matter. They pick they her up, still screaming. <laughs> they drive away. Bonnie hates Blanche. Um, they have to stop the car. Uh, Buck tells Blanche, look, we're in this now. You know, I've, I've you know, but Buck I've says, Buck says, I've, I've killed the guy. So yeah. we're in this now. And Blanche is hysterical. And then Bonnie uh, outside the car comes at uh, Clyde for not sleeping with her. And it's like red. Yeah, he just sees red, and she's on. Oh no, I done screwed up on this one, and sort of you know apologizes, and they both kind of agree they're going to continue going on. And this is when it starts to well, tip a is, little bit that she's going to start wanting to get out of this a little bit. Yeah, well, she, if you're in any relationship, you want you want a bit of closeness, don't you? Sure. Without being too gross on, I was going to say camera then, but on mic. Um, <laughs> otherwise, the relationship won't last. Okay. There's only so many times you can push somebody away, isn't there? Yes. And uh, they always made him out. You've not already like had that conversation. His thing is going to be: I told you on day one, yeah, I ain't no lover boy. If that's what you want, because yes, that's what you want. There's a million guys like that, but there's only one of me who does what I do. Yeah, and it's like she's trying in a. She wants him to be more than he is, but he's been very honest since minute one. True. We're not gonna have a sexual relationship. He doesn't say it in those words. Well, I was going to say, yeah, he didn't say I, that. But I, th- I think it's the message that comes across. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you want. Oh, I thought he meant he, was, he weren't with many women. No, no, because that's when, when she's trying to get with him and he turns her down. He yeah. says, I ain't a lover boy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he's trying to say I've been with a lot of women. He's saying it's just not something that interests me. Yep. As mm. we found out with the scene where she, yeah, where she, yeah, she yeah. drops down. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those situations where then if this, it's like if it was the other way around, you'd be absolutely disgusted by yeah. Clyde. If it was the other way around, if it was Bonnie going, I don't want, I'm no, I'm no lover girl, and I he would, kept coming on on hey, her, you'd still be really pissed off with. Here it. we go. I don't, I don't think you would, and I think uh, I, I, I would argue in case because this is a long term relationship, and if this is, I think if it's been however long this has been, you know, look, is this going to be, uh, is this going to be a thing? Are we, are we ever going to do this, or are we not? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. saying is the the beginning bit. This when if say if it was just literally just flip it. Bonnie goes, I ain't no lover girl, and he keeps trying to go on her, yep. you'd be really pissed off. Like, And yet, she's okay. our hero. I would say that, you know, like, Clyde gets on top of her in that, that scene where eventually it doesn't work out. Yeah. So he instigates on a few occasions. Yeah. And then it's not working, I guess. No, it's not, it's not right on either way. I'm just trying to... Oh, by it, I meant I was referring to a body part is not working. Right, okay. Yeah. I think because for for moments, I think the, the 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 spirit is willing. Yeah. In brief little snapshots. Do you know what? As a kid, this never. I never well, saw. You're not going to. Are I you? never saw none of that. Did I? <laughs> no. I didn't. I didn't understand none of that as a kid. Um, but it was is watching this. Um, I watched it a lot when I was younger, but watching this now, I see a lot more flaws and a lot more things I'd never noticed before. 
Like, I'd never picked up on the sexuality thing. For me, most interesting part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. MS? Well, I was I was more interested in that, but for my, the entire film, I was like, I'm, this might just be in my head and I'm making something up like I did with Top Gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, yeah. What'd you make up in Top Gun? Well, I was like, oh, this is like really like the whole homoeroticism. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody, the, everybody came to your defense. Yeah, Maybe it was me. The, I don't know. The concept of queer. Well, I do, I've been studying queer studies at university for media, and this is one of the b- big things. Like, if this happens, th- this is a common theme uh, in like the 60s. And now it's just everything I see, which, yeah. <laughs> That's the problem is you get confirmation bias. So you learn about something, and then you, you see it in everything. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, because yeah. my brain's already hardwired to like it, seeing queer stuff any, anyway. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Um, so don't believe your own press because it turns out, according to the papers, and I thought this film needed to do better, and it didn't do well enough. Was get the idea that the public was like supporting Bonnie and Clyde, which they did mm. in the day. Yeah, I, and I yeah. think this is supposed to be what this clip's supposed to do, but I don't think it came out really well. No, I wanted to see something where people are like a bit more like, "Yeah, you go, Bonnie and Clyde." Yeah, yeah. whether it's just the new, you know, those old things where you get like, like the, the yeah. newspapers like yeah, being yeah. run off the press and yeah, then whoosh, yeah. Yeah, 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 or yeah. just shots them Read like all about or it. you Read just just like a bunch it. of randoms in like a diner being yeah. like, "Oh, do you hear? Oh, oh, oh yeah. they hit another one." Because yeah. oh, I. Saw saw in this movie was them driving knocking off one place and the cops coming everybody's shooting and then we just reset yeah yeah. (laughs) that was my issue with this uh but we found there's far west as new mexico and as far north as chicago neither of which is true they haven't made it anywhere near that as far as we know clyde seems bothered um they pull over and a cop they pull over just to go to the river and there's i don't know how there's a cop on their tail already yeah it's like they How? have been stopped for like eight seconds, and a cop's like, "Oh, what's a car doing here? What's that doing? Yeah." It was and really he immediately gets his gun. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be oh, that." I haven't w- seen their faces yet. It was really weird as well to um, to see so much driving not on proper roads. Yeah, just say, like there's a lot of cross field driving in yeah, this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, oh, so they pull over the car. I think it's Clyde who gets behind the cop. Clyde, yeah. And yeah. so they, they kind of overdo the roughing up and they decide to take a picture of the cop to suggest he's one of the gang. And Bonnie's insistence. Yep. Bonnie's idea. Clever idea. Yeah. Would this work? <sighs> to humiliate him, isn't it? Around, around his friends. You, you'd go today it wouldn't work because no. you'd be going what's the what's the motivation for taking this photo and sending it out it's obviously yeah, to yeah. discredit yeah, yeah. in a time when people weren't as media savvy maybe mm, don't know don't know um uh, she then kisses the uh the guy which if it was opposite we, we'd have an issue with that mm-hmm. uh and he spits in her face <laughs> big wet spit too like gross spit yeah yep god bless her for 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 yeah what am i doing what am i what am i doing on set today i'm doing this all right um so they put him in a boat handcuffed behind his back and push him in the middle of the lakes if he moves at all he's like drowning but unless you can stand up in it Mm. why didn't they just shoot him because they didn't shoot him very often in my research i found if what they like to do was they like to take people they said let's take them and so they'd grab them they'd drive hundreds of miles and then leave them in the middle of nowhere unscathed oh okay but heavily inconvenienced that's something that i didn't know there was one time when they came up and one of the guys who cw moss represents i don't know which one it was i think clyde says let's take him 
Yeah. Because a cop was coming up and they realized pretty quickly the cop had clued who they were. Yeah. They just stopped them for some reason. He goes, let's take him. And it was misinterpreted by the guy. So he started shooting. Oh, okay. So then Clyde had to shoot again. And that murder was the one that pushed the public pushed. against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they went, that was, that yeah, was, that yeah, was yeah. cold blood. There was no reason for that one. That wasn't you getting away. That was you killing just because you could. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, what do we got here? We've got um, the next bank heist. They are a well-oiled machine. Gene Hackman, like, jumps over the, like, oh, barrier. Oh, cool. Uh, this was a stunt done by John Dillinger, oh, okay. a real-life yeah, 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 yeah. bank robber, yeah, gangster. Yeah, yeah. And John Dillinger learned the move from watching Douglas Fairbanks in Zorro. <laughs> so a movie copying real life who was copying a movie. movie. Yeah. Um, and then this is the part where we get the famous scene. Is this your money or is it the bank's? And the guy says, it's my money, and he lets him keep it. Yeah, I don't. You think said that. you had something you wanted to say here. Yeah, I don't think that. Again, they're trying to get the audience on their side. They're saying, "Oh, yeah," but they're only doing it to the bigger man. They're not doing it to the little man. This was not done by Clyde Barrow, but yeah. it was something done by Pretty Boy Floyd, who was also a bank robber. Okay, yeah. and allowed a farmer to keep his own money. Okay, yeah. I was going to say that ain't something that what I've read and researched with Bonnie and Clyde in the years. It's not something they would have done. Uh, there's a, a race for the state line. Because Oklahoma's all two miles away. Yeah. Is, does this still exist? I believe so, because you don't have jurisdiction. Oh, but it it's makes it so much country. easier. Pardon me? It's the same country. You're, you're, the, the criminal code is by state. Yeah, That's but why? Insane. So you don't have you don't have the rights to go into so, so when they cross that border. As far as I know, like they they can't drive their cars above the speed limit. Like. See, they're, this, they're this, not the police force for that region. This, this where this is where is they not should. Like a national. It'd be like if I was driving my car from the states into Canada. The minute I cross Canada, the state troopers from the states can't come across and pretend they have jurisdiction. Yeah, but well, why? No, but that's two separate countries. That's but the Canada wave of states. America. But that's what the whole the whole build of the United States of America is about. The whole build up is around the idea that it's not one strong central government. It's that you are ruled by people who live close to you. The problem with well, they're the, just separate countries. Realize how big. It's in a sense, that's what the United States, the word state, to mean like this is, you know, states are usually meant to mean countries. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the like idea was, let's, let, let's, let's kind of like Europe, let, let, let's unify a bunch of states right. under one sovereign common interest to fight the British. So why do they have then one, one central government then as well? There are some things which are aided by that. So do you want to do like one, do you want to have a currency for each state? And then what happens with your exchange rates and how do you I mean, do any sort of trade? Europe just okay. settled mostly on the euro, didn't they? So. Yes, but that happened long after the, the, the dollar. You so know if I mean? they give up a state line and they haven't got word to, um, I don't know, Louisiana. Because this is the time before phones for most part. So they get away? Yes. Oh, well, that's bloody stupid. It's great for a movie though, isn't it? Oh. No, it's infuriating. Make a race for the state line. If a cop can't get you, it's it, it, it's a clear marker. It's a race yeah, against time. I know, I think I that's know. the problem. It's good if you know that. But don't don't you think? That okay, be, but I hear that. But they're not think, making a movie for you for you guys here in the UK in 2022. Don't are you they? think they should make a rule? No, where, but that doesn't mean that my viewing of someone from the no, UK that's fine. But you can't. Cr- my, my argument is you can't criticize it because they're playing because movies are made for a domestic yeah, American yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. But do you think that you should be allowed to chase until the other people? It's like. A, changing over of a baton you know we're chasing them okay your turn um i've talked before why where can't, why can't they do that it even happens regionally so for instance um there was i've said this before we had the ontario provincial police who were like your proper yeah, province-wide yeah, yeah, police yeah. force and then you had like the the um, shelburne police 
who were the police in the small town that I worked. And they were basically just a bunch of guys who had sort of an ad in the, in the, in the, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the newspaper. And so they could go as far. There was, there, there was a marker, a clear geographic marker where their jurisdiction ended. So when, if they were following you out of town, now, if if they if they caught you doing something, they'd be allowed to keep driving, but they would have oh, to get okay. in, in, on the radio to like the yeah, OPP yeah, yeah. and be like, "We're following this person," but they couldn't come and give me a speeding ticket for what I did outside of that region. So when they got that far, they would have to turn around. It was a small, like it was just a petrol station, which then closed, but it was called Melanchthon. But the abandoned petrol station was your marker, wow. and if the cop was tailing you, because they'd do it for a while just to see what you get up to. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. so annoying. But sure enough, I'd get to that part and they'd always turn around. Oh, because okay. the same thing happened in London, didn't it? Back in the eighteen hundreds, we had the inner city police and the outer city police, and they hated each other. Hence, why Jack the Ripper managed to get away because right? the borderline. If you yeah. actually go to Whitehall, there's the markers are still there. Yeah, and uh, but they had to unionize the police force because too many people get away with different things, and which is what I don't understand with the American police. Why can't you chase them until they come? And then you can lay well, I think now you I think now you can get on the radio and you get a hold of someone and say, hey, this has happened here. Now, they, want, they can make their call. Do we really want to – do we really – you see them go, I'm not going to Oklahoma to risk my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people in Oklahoma, do you really want to risk your life to deal with someone else's problems? Yeah. So there's I – mean, especially because – You can understand why people like got, got a lot more. It's not like you got huge amounts of police anyway. No. You know what I'm saying? So what else we got here? Uh, we've got the Blanche wants a cut of the money for her passive participation in the uh, thing to this point. And she goes, well, I'm risking my life. And I'm like, I agree with her getting some cut. I disagree with an equal cut. Yes. Yeah. It's like me going, hey, I want an equal cut, man, on this podcast. No, it's not going to happen, is it? Well, it's not like everybody's getting paid yet. Well, no, I'm just saying I do bugger all on this podcast rather than talk. <laughs> I know where my place is. Do you know what I mean? You're the brains and the guy behind it all and getting it started and everything. You do a hell of a lot more than I ever do. I just come and talk. You just coax me in. <laughs> so I'm the Blanche. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> You're doing more than Blanche does it in, in any of those heists. All she does is just go, Whoa, oh, oh, I'm no, not, don't I'm, shoot it! I'm not a screamer, but I mean, equal parts of things. She does not deserve an equal, no. you know. She does. Not, if anything, she's more of a deterrent and more of an anchor to stopping them getting away. She's, she's an obstacle. Kind, yeah. yeah, she's she brings any drama. possible possibility. Like positive reinforcement. So they've got to go steal a car. As it turns out, because they wrecked the cars. This is like like one of the few things CW Moth gets to do in the middle of the film. Um, there's a terrible cut when they're stealing the car. <sighs> horrendous. It was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we meet Eugene. Eugene. Oh, Grizzard, played by Gene Wilder. George, did you recognize who this was? Yeah. Willy Wonka. Really? It was Willy yeah. Wonka. Well done. Come with me. I'll tell you what. He leaps off the screen at me. Am I right in thinking yeah. this is his first movie role? Yes. Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, he does leap off the screen. But he he's does. So, he's so character-driven, isn't he? He is. He is. And he goes, there's her followers, like, I'm going to tear them apart. <laughs> and his, <laughs> Very his girlfriend <laughs> or whoever says, well, what if they have guns? He goes, we'd better get the police and they turn around but then the barrel gang turn around he said how fun would it be just to chase them and he's like step on it velma step <laughs> on it and he ends up getting pulled over by his own car 
They repeat the cow joke. They find out more. Um, the Eugene's girlfriend says, oh, I'm 33. And Eugene kind of looks at her like <laughs> maybe she hadn't told them her proper age before. No, exactly. Yeah. But did anybody else think that I've never seen the movie? Um, that, that, oh, the one that Reverend Bruce like. Oh, that one movie. Oh, what's that film with the, the eyes wide shut? No, the other one. Wow. The one with the um, eyes wide open. Where they <laughs> do oh, all the images um, and the white oh, clockwork orange. Clockwork orange. Did anybody else think that them around the car was very intimidating, like clockwork orange people would be? Well, this is way before clockwork. Yeah, orange. I know. I know. Okay, yeah. But I didn't know if that might have been a bit of an inspiration to. They were no very, idea. they were very gang-like, uh, heavy. Um, even even Bonnie was yep. very, you know, with all the windows shut, she was very intimidating. Yep. You know what I mean. Um, it's like nightmare and stuff. Yeah, they become like friends. They do, and like they go for burgers. <laughs> and Michael J. Pollard, uh, who played C.W. Moss, didn't realize in eating scenes you don't actually eat the food <laughs> because of the possibility of repeated takes. Uh, he soon regretted it because by the time there was a twelfth take, he was feeling decidedly ill because he had to eat twelve whole hamburgers. Wow! Because he had to get nice. the burger to the place that it was in the previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the previous go. Funny. Um, oh, being an actor is so hard. <laughs> if you listen to Office Ladies, which is um, Jenna Fisher and, oh, what's her name? Who plays, what's her name? Angela Kinsey. <laughs> We're all getting it. Angela Kinsey. Um, and they talk about, like, being very selective when they would be asked, look, there's going to be a food scene. What do you want to eat? And it's the idea of what can you stomach eating Something all day light. long. Yeah, yeah. And so by the time they're done, they're just taking bites, and then there's, like, buckets beside him and you're just like yeah. into the bucket because you don't want to swallow it no. you're like i've eaten too much of this especially if it was like ice cream day it's like how much think about how much ice cream you're really gonna have to eat that day mm-hmm. yeah, yeah what is the least offensive ice cream you can probably have for that long <laughs> something with bits in it so that you can actually oh, I, something to chew okay. on i wouldn't want I'd the bits oh no you want the bits do you no, yeah right. plain um Eugene's asked what he does he says i'm an undertaker and they drop him off within yeah, moments it's a moment of reality isn't it yeah, because they're face-to-face with their own mortality, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to think about responsibility, paying the bill, if you will. Yeah. The next day, Bonnie's gone for a runner through the corn stalks, and she wants to see her mother. And Clyde says, promise me you'll never leave without saying something first. And he promises they can see her mother. And so we get the family reunion, which was a really weird sort of... Because uh, they managed to arrange this. Yeah, how? <laughs> I'm going to guess C.W. Moss drives up. Because no one's ever identified him, so he can go anywhere he wants. Could have shown you that, can they? Oh, absolutely! Absol- like the, the <laughs> fact that we're having to go, what would you? Do? We're doing leaps and bounds. Oh, we are. Here. We yeah, are. We're, we're covering two years yeah. in like. Is that what it is? Two years? Yeah. Two wow. Years. Yeah. Oh, I you thought it was like a weekend essentially. No, it's it no, it's clearly like not. 30, 30, 30. She's clearly been away from her mother for a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it's two years. Well, it comes across as it's like three days. Okay, no, mm-hmm. I, I totally <laughs> thought it was like. I thought it was. They don't give you an idea of time, but I got the idea. Because there is no idea of time, because it's not even no. like, there's like season changes But when she's so desperate, because it is Texas. Yeah. When she's so desperate to get out of Dodge at the start, for her to go from that to, I want to see my mom, that's got to be a significant amount of time. She knows. It just made her seem really fickle. She knows things are coming, the, the net is tightening, isn't it? it? She does. And she wants to see her mum before she goes. Um, strangest family picnic ever. I've yeah. Got. Her sister keeps her clippings. And this is what I meant. Like, I, I wanted this because I was surprised by this. Not because in real life it wasn't, but because they hadn't established the public were rooting for them. Yeah. And I think you needed 
something. Just, you needed something. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. some characters talking over coffee who you can come back to or something where you get the idea of these people are becoming folk heroes. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie gives her mother a necklace. Clyde peddles a fairy tale about living three miles from Mother Parker, but Mother Parker shuts that down. Yep. She doesn't approve. Well, she's like, it's a, it's just a fairy tale. Yeah, it? yeah, like, it's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. happen. Nope. The woman who plays the mother is Mabel Cavett, a local school teacher who was watching the film being shot. Oh. They cast her as Mother Parker. That's cool. Later on, Blanche has totally changed. And here's another thing about the passage of time. Like, Blanche starts off really, really... By the time it's over, she's become gangsterized. Yeah. She's got, you know, she's wearing more makeup. She's dressing less frumpy. She's a bit more stylish. She's swearing more. And you're like, she's clearly had a change in character. Now, granted, they've skipped... Like, you've got to be paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They skip a lot. Um, CW was the ugliest tattoo ever. Yeah. Love... (laughs) Um, and CW and Blanche go to get fried chicken, which to me is going, okay, we already had kind of like the funeral with, with the family all in black. Yeah. And then we have this, which feels like this is the start at the beginning of the end. I thought it was going to happen here. But uh, Bonnie lays down on the bed, says, I got the blues so bad. The blues. Uh, a copper recognizes a gun in CW's belt. Because in Texas. Which felt flimsy because they they're in Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Like, mm. Especially around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a knock on the door before backup. Or, so there's a knock on the door. It's a copper who's going to start taking him out. And the rest of his cop buddies haven't even shown up yet. No. They don't show up until the firing's underway. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Think about Point Break. Johnny, they they, had to, they waited on Johnny Utah. They did. And they yelled at him for being late. They did. <laughs> That'd be you. That would be me. <laughs> um, there's lots of gunfire. And then Buck and uh, Blanche escape hiding behind this mattress. You're not going to stop a bullet with a mattress, are you? Since this was Estelle Parsons' first film, she was amazed at the extent of special effects. When she and Gene Hackman had to escape from the motel room, Parsons was required to crank a concealed wheel that would detonate squibs embedded in the foam simulating bullet hits yeah squib that was the first time i'd used squibs squibs it was one of the very good it was one of the first uses of squibs yeah 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 yeah. so um a squib squib is like a mechanized device that's used to simulate a gun being shot so you point a gun at me and go bang and then it's like a little blood packet that explodes so it looks like i've shot Uh, you so i haven't been hit by a bullet you just see the shot you see this go pow and your brain assumes one motion yeah. Mm-hmm. So, then you detonate the squib. B- b- before this, yeah. So this wheel would get the yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. and it would it would cause the things to go off. So before that, Liam would just go bang. Yeah. And then you'd cut to me on the ground. Yeah. Having been shot. Yeah. Well, they use, uh, this was the same as what they use in stage shows now, still. They, still, they use that sort of thing. Still, mm. so. And there's a big move to, we need to go back to squibs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're, you know, we're having the situations that we've, you know, the, the whole thing with, uh, what was the name of that movie with Alec Baldwin in it? Rust. Rust, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. where we had like an actual bullet. There's no need for a bullet. Mm. Exactly. I think Ever. Right. Right. It's not like you can see bullets right. on screen. We can do. We, 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 we can do a CGI gun and a squib on the other end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't, the, the bullet flash can be simulated. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well flash the one of the easiest things to do and most, like, simplistic things to easily replicate. And the practical effect of, of a squib it just looks so much nicer. Um, when they sound mix this, they sound mixed it to make it really, really loud, the gunfire. And so uh, one of the first times that Beatty saw it, it was in the UK. It was in London. And he, he went to the projectionist and said, why are the things, why, why are the gunshots so, so, so quiet? And he went, yeah, I fixed it. 
<laughs> he's, like, well, he's like yeah it was, it was way too loud because <laughs> Beatty was like I want to make it as loud as this other film I don't know what it was called we'll call it Circle I don't oh, know it's okay, so yeah. British and he, went, and he went yeah your guy went I haven't heard a film this badly sound mix in Circle <laughs> I didn't know that was, it was great yeah uh, um, so a uh, bucket shot in the head and Blanche takes a bullet in the eye yes oh man can I just go back to the guy who got oh, shot in the head yes. earlier yeah he gets shot in the head and he dies. Well, yes. Well, why didn't Buck get shit there? Well, for Buck, it's, it's Blanche, isn't it? Yeah, Blanche, yeah. He's well. shot through the eyeball. And yeah. she's talking Still alive. Later. Yeah, 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 like making sense. And it's, like, it's, it's like yeah. it hits her like hours later. Oh, right, I got shot in the eye. Like, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't enjoying this anyway. No, At I this don't. point, it's like half 11, almost midnight. And I'm going, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> They try to swap cars. Here we are. Blanche now realizes she's been shot in the eye. <laughs> Buck dies talking about his shoes. I'm like, oh, no, he doesn't. He's still no, alive. He's still alive, yeah. Thought he died. But next morning, they're told to surrender, and there's more gunfire. Um, Clyde takes a shot in the arm and crashes the car. The lawmen finally realize, if we shoot the cars, yep. they, they can't, can't drive. Buck dies, and there's a zoom in on his hand here to show that his hand stops oh, moving. A little so we can twitch. also see that Clyde's leaving him. He's still breathing. Also, right? he's wearing like a like white vest. Yeah. Uh, it was so cold that Hackman severely, he made the choice to, to be wearing this for the scene. Wow. He could have worn something more, and he's like, no, no, I'm all right. And like, yeah, they just shoot like so many times. He was like, Did he not, hypothermia? <laughs> I don't think I have a thermia, but he was not a good, like, he definitely regretted the decision. Yeah, I bet. Um, what else we got here? We've got, um, they're now escaping away on the, on film. CW drives all night. Uh, yeah. Cause they do go through like the, oh, oh yeah. So Bonnie could- takes a shot in the arm as they're running through like rivers and stuff. Yeah. And Clyde manages to rob it. There's always a car around for Clyde. Um, CW drives all night and pulls up to a, a homeless group. And I'm wondering if it's the same family we saw at the start. Who's part of this little mini community? Yeah, I know what you mean. I I didn't get that, but I just think there's so many houses been repossessed. There's just but, so many little communities about, isn't there? And they, CW asks for some drinking water, and they come over and they look, and you can see they're clearly like held up as like folk heroes. But I'm like, this is what we need to see for this scene to make sense. I need to see more of this. You do, you do. Yeah. Um, even if it was if it was people that they'd helped pro- like previously, and they're yeah, like, "Will we pay the fight?" It doesn't necessarily have to be like you know every character conveniently shows up at the same oh, place. No, but no. if it was that family from the start, that'd have been that would have been so that would have nice touch. Needed those people being like saying, "Oh, it's Bonnie and Clyde," or something. Like, whereas yeah. you didn't. Oh, it's them. As opposed to just gather on the dead. car and yeah. then they just drive. Are they yeah. dead? Yeah. 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 Um, Why does he keep poking his hand? <laughs> I don't know. CW's lost his shirt. <laughs> I've got my notes because the cops are looking for guys wearing shirts, <laughs> <laughs> which is a kids in the hall joke from the from the from the reboot. But it's the whole breaker breaker. Uh, was 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 the guy topless? Nope, nope. He was definitely wearing a shirt. Can't be the guy. <laughs> guy we're looking for is wearing a shirt. <laughs> Stupid joke. <laughs> it's really funny. It's not funny at all. Uh, the people give them lots of stuff, and our heroes—I said it's the wrong word—but uh, yeah. they they drive off and they go home to CW's home, and Daddy is not happy. And nope. Clyde's also angry. The paper says he fled his dying brother, and he did flee his dying brother. Um, Daddy Moss though tells Bonnie and Clyde they can stay as long as they want, but once inside, he changes his tune and tells CW, "You're lucky your mother's dead not to be able to see you doing this." No, she's, he's more concerned about the tattoo. He's oh like, yeah, he doesn't say anything about them to begin with. It's oh, all it's about the tattoo. The yeah. tattoo. I'm yeah, like, 
Really? Uh, the Texas Ranger from earlier wants to go at getting them again. He says, I want one more picture. One more. <laughs> uh, he's talking to uh, Thingy's father, isn't he? I think, yeah, yeah there's a setup there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we then get the walker of a Texas Ranger here. He interviews Blind Blanche. He pretends to be someone else. I don't even. He goes, and then they, they took, and of- then they took that picture of a Texas Ranger. She's like, yeah, we did that. She's yeah. so stupid. We never know what was that fellow's name, and they go CW. Yeah, what was his last name? Moss, Moss. and he just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he scares her though. Like he yep. he like motions quietly for like the doctor to go out and he's like, So what yeah. you know and she like freaks out I and think, screams. I again. think Blanche gets a rough ride in this. <laughs> it's so funny. It's raining and Bonnie's written a poem and it's 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 a, a nice real, poem. It's a real poem. I'm sure it is. It's a real poem. And she it tells it. the story about Bonnie and Clyde. And how they're going to be buried side by side. Also, boohoo them because the news, if they can't catch anyone else, they're just blaming it on Bonnie and Clyde. So like, yeah. well, maybe don't shoot people and it's, kill yeah. Like, there's Blanks there's this assumption their legend is made bigger because if you can't solve something, pin them on Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde yeah. uh, Clyde's thrilled because this means that they'll remember him. And that's enough to get his sexual energy to work properly where he's actually able to seal the deal. So he loves himself. Which pretty much, well, she's made him immortal. <laughs> yeah, she is, is what she's done. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, someday they'll be buried side by side. Yeah, to fear be grief, the law relief, but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. There it is. Yeah. Um, and so you know, this is pretty much sure. What are the keys I need for the film to be over? We've said goodbye to mom. Yeah, he's the thing he couldn't do all movie. He's, he's now, now done. Yeah, we're probably in the last bits of it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we go to Eva's ice cream parlor where Daddy Moss meets Walker Texas Ranger and. Uh, we cut Clyde's, like I said, pulled the trigger, and uh, apparently he's proposed to her, but that happened off screen. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm confused many, about that. That feels does. strange. Wait, did they, they re- he proposed? They're laying in bed, and he said, what do you think about that proposal? Like, yeah, he basically proposes to her. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They're like talking about marriage and all this, and I'm like, I swear I missed something. She asks him, she goes, say if we could just wave a magic wand, and we could live clean. we get out of this. She wants out. What would you do? And he goes... Oh, I definitely live in a different state than we pull our jobs. Yeah. And he's he wouldn't change a thing. He wouldn't change a thing, no. He'd just be more strategic. And she's clearly I've had my fun excitement. Yeah. Now actually I want to go out. I want to be a waitress. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Nope. She knows come to the And end, you though. see her, he keeps talking and the camera pans over to her and she like rolls over and she knows what this is. Yeah. Um they're always gonna be doing this. Um, Daddy Moss tells CW not to get back in the car tomorrow. CW says, Clyde's got a sense about him. You're not going to get him. The next day, CW bails on Bonnie and Clyde to the hardware store, and but he sees that Clyde gets away. He notices the cops, and he feels happy. But Daddy Moss, Malcolm's out there, flat tire, and Clyde's, hey, let, let's hey. help Malcolm. Yeah, And he goes over, and then he can clearly see that, uh, oh, someone's coming to get us and there's like a million cuts in like the span of three and a half seconds eyes and jumping and all sorts of stuff and then there's like a hundred bullets go into them and the sheriff approaches them looks down we cut to black and that's the movie and in real life they didn't pull over they didn't go to town in real life they were in the car still they were still in the car they weren't eating an apple she was eating a sandwich very good she had a sandwich in her mouth when she got shot and they were coming from the house and the guys, the police had been standing in the bush for over two days. Oh, really? <laughs> waiting for them, yeah. Um, 
the lawmen chasing Clyde were well aware of his ability with a gun, which explains how ruthless they were. They just said, shoot, you see them. Uh, we talked about the, ex- the extensive use of squibs, small explosive charges with bags of stage blood that detonate inside the clothes to simulate the bullet hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this as a result, this is one of the most graphic scenes in American cinema to that point. Uh, the movie portrays Texas Ranger Frank Hammer or Hamer as a bungler who was humiliated by Bonnie Clyde and Buck being forced to pose for pictures before being set adrift in a rowboat. He was actually a legendary Texas Ranger who came out of semi-retirement at the request of a Texas governor mm-hmm. following the notorious oh, Eastern prison yeah. raid in 34, tasked with hunting down and killing Bonnie and Clyde and had never met the pair until the fatal ambush. His family were very upset by the portrayal and successfully sued Warner Brothers for an undisclosed sum. Wow. That sounds so much cooler, though, like an ex-Texas Ranger hunting two criminals. Oh, I'd rather cool see that story. Yeah. Liam, yeah. how many? Actually, that's a really that's that's a. If you want to cool remake this, that? tell that story. That's yeah. like a, that's like bounce a, back and forth between the two. Yeah, they have. I yeah. think with uh, Kevin Costner. Really? Called the Highway. Oh. oh, is there really? Is that that? Yeah, interesting. I think because so. that sounds like a real Sam Elliott kind of film. I'm gonna hit this button. I got a question for you, Liam, to start yeah. off. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Uh, first, before we hit the random word, Liam, yeah. how many bullets did you think Bonnie and Clyde in real life got hit by? Around about 50 each. So 100 total bullets being shot? Or maybe 117 or something. 187 bullets. Oh, really? Bloody yeah. hell. Um, L- literally, in a sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Squibby hell. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, it's like quibby. Liam, we, we, need, we need a random word, buddy. Random word. Um... Mattress. Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> My brain had a back. I was going to sandwich. <laughs> but we can definitely do a mattress because there was a mattress in this film. There, there was not was. a sandwich in this film. There was. Mattress. Yeah, yeah. I was is, trying to hey. think of something that weren't... My backup was probably tattoo if I was going to... All the things she said. All the thing. I would have got my win. If anybody did that, it would have been brilliant. Uh, um, excellent. Let's talk about the money, money, money. Two and a half million dollar budget. What does this make? Wow. Uh, in total up to date or when it first released? Uh, I don't think it was released too many times in cinemas again after that. So I'm going to say total total release. That was a limited release earlier. Oh, uh, it eventually goes widespread. They start limited, but they have to go wide because of how successful it is. Oh, uh, okay. Two fifty. Twenty-five million. Okay. Ninety million. Uh, Ethan's closest. It's Ooh. seventy million, which is wow. almost thirty times oh. its budget. Now, remember, this is in nineteen sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Yeah, and so he, what do we say about um, uh, what's his name, B- Beatty? He got forty percent of the profits. Yeah, yeah. So forty percent of sixty-seven is like oh twenty-six, twenty-seven million dollars. Wow. In 1967. My God. Plus his actor's fee. Yeah. Yeah. Plus his act. Well, I think only two and a half million. I think he, he you don't, you don't pay yourself much because no, you want no, the money no. on the other yeah, side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas then the director got 10%, didn't he? Yeah. yeah so yeah. for a film, he turned down like three times. He made like his fee plus like 6.75 million. Wow. In 1967. Which would have been. Oh, it's got to be. Amount. It's got to be quadruple that now. Yeah, it's got to be. be. So 6.75 then has got to be like thirty million, $25 million now. <sighs> Has to be. Wow. Amazing. Nine Oscar nominations, including really? Best Picture. Really? Really? Yep. I didn't expect that. Two wins. Anyone want to have a guess? I'll give you a cue. One is acting related. One is not. I'm show for special effects for all of the squibs and stuff. Surprisingly but. not. Okay. Surprisingly not. I would have I thought maybe we got some love for that. Music? 
No, it's just that banjo well, theme know, over and yeah. over again. <laughs> we didn't mention that. Every chase scene, there was a lot of chase scenes in this movie. Yeah. That same banjo, yeah. Gene Hackman. No, but it was it was an actor, acting thing. It wasn't Gene Hackman. You're not going to believe this. Don't was, say Blanche. It was Estelle Parsons for Blanche. Oh, no. In her first film, wins Best she Supporting won. Actress. Oh, she wins. She, she oh, won. Not just screaming. nominated, she wins. Yeah. That's oh my crazy the other one and maybe insane. it's the french new wave sort of thing it was best cinematography oh, okay okay uh, I'm, yeah i'm getting bored with that one of the, no, i'm gonna say that there's some good shots yeah yeah there's yeah, also yeah. some horrendous ones though well, yeah. really yeah, well what with the cuts and all of that that's sort of not stuff? cinematography well, no, no, that's no, no, editing that's editing yeah uh, okay well they they made the cinematography look shit with the editing but the question is why couldn't you get the shot right the first actually you know what i'm not gonna actually i'm gonna come back with you why couldn't you get the shot right the first time if your shot was so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying um it's it's difficult because there's some brilliant shots in the film too there is yeah uh next one we've got here is uh, entertainment weekly for what it's worth in 2013 called this the fourth best film of all time wow i don't think we're gonna rank it that (laughs) that's certainly a hot take who would you cast us to i don't want to be in it you know not this version of it okay well no you make it it better if there was a Bonnie and Clyde remake, if they were going to redo this, same script, mm-hmm. or fix it, but the, which, which part would you go out for? Or which part would you cast someone else in the group as? I mean, Ethan's obviously C.W. Moss. <laughs> hey, I got a shitty tattoo. You're the... I got a tattoo. The ranger. I'm the ranger. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, Sam you're, you're the brother. Am I Gene Hackman? Yeah. Yeah, we are with Gene Hackman. You'd, you'd be good with Gene Hackman. Yeah, we are with that. Yeah. To be fair, though, oh, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Georgia tricky say blanche at your own death <laughs> <laughs> you could do really good at blanche you're not bonnie oh, it's because it's so easy no, cause it? we didn't remember we're saying who would you cast it's not saying who are you we're oh, saying who no, could you play I, I just don't like this film that's such a caricature i think it'd be actually a lot of fun to play yeah um <laughs> you could be you could be you could be your mom she was, she was just a bitch. Oh, like, you, you, when we were watching it, you were like grandma, more like because she's oh, she's, she's old, old. She's, old. Yeah. she's frail. Like she must have had her at fifty years old. I'm very I mean, curious what the age game, Ethan. If you've got a chance to look even before we do, if you can find out the, the, what for the mom, the mom. If you can find out the I age of the mom, because I'd be very curious at knowing that. Uh, Liam, I think I think you've got to be you've got to be Clyde. I think probably. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I have all of them. Yeah. We rob banks. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here? Uh, whose story is it? It's probably Bonnie, isn't it? If you had to pick one, I'm picking more, Bonnie. Yeah. More Bonnies, yeah. Because it starts. I mean, Clyde doesn't really change. No. To 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 our surprise, Clyde doesn't change. Yeah. Because I think we think when she says, "What would you do?" I think we're expecting he'd be like. Oh, Especially after just hearing that whole, like, you know, it's a fantasy that you could live three miles from yeah, me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, again, back in real life, they say that he tried to go straight, but yeah. they wouldn't allow him to go straight, which I think is rubbish. I don't think he tried at all. I think he probably just went, yeah, I've done prison. I'm going to try and get a job. Oh, it's the depression. I can't get a job. So I'll rob banks. What is the story here? Um, Be gay, do crime, according to... Uh, you rob banks, you die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Neil Young. Hey, hey, my, my. <laughs> rock and roll will never die. <laughs> or he said in the second verse, hey, hey, my, my, hey, hey, rock and roll is here to stay. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Ah, 
But that's like that the banjo cover instead for this film. Hey, bluegrass is here to stay. Don't you dare they burn out. You should they should fade away. Give me a burr. Do you know another thing, right? I I haven't seen this for like twelve years, but I what's that thing called when you Mandela effect? Yeah, yeah. I know in real life that Bonnie Parker had a crash on a getaway. Who um, she burnt her leg real bad. Okay, I mean that all that virtually crippled her. Right, right. Um, they didn't show you this in this film. I'm sure I remember this as a kid. <laughs> oh, okay. That's funny. But that's really weird, isn't it? You just, you just know, I you know. I've yeah, I've got so this much research too, yeah. in the past. I think I've just imagined... Transplanting something, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, roll a woman, Georgia? Um, I mean, Bonnie is cool. Like, she is. Like, for what she's supposed to be. Like, she's whatever. But I just don't like the film, so I can't really be very objective. In the film, she's very... Blanche is so We shit. have to go with the film, Liam. <laughs> yeah, in the film, that's what I'm saying. In the film, she's she is like um, his match. Yeah. They are they are level. In fact, she's the one who drives it to start with. Yep. You know, so she's egging him on. She's the one who's pushing forward in all of this. So she's the stronger character out of the two in the movie, I think. Um, I think she's the enigma, yeah. Uh, I think she's cool. Yeah. You have a variety I- of women as well. Oh, you got her and Blanche. Yeah, but I guess it's not. Mm, it's yeah. it's your it's your it's your two extremes, it. isn't it? You've got yeah. the square, and you've got the um, circle fluid. <laughs> I don't want to the good girl and the bad girl. Yeah, you've got yeah, the yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. the angel and the the demon. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think how I would say this. There's a way we used to say it <laughs> locally in high school. Um, yeah, you've got the. How about this? You have got the very sexualized one and the like no one's thinking about blanche in a sexual way no but we're told from literally the first scene first scene yeah first. Uh, Blan- uh, blanche that's not bonnie right. bonnie is sex yeah yeah and we judge and it's part of the complexity about what makes clyde an interesting character is is we we you know if he's the folk hero that we all live sort of vicariously through but we can't do that even his brother wants to live vicariously through him and he's not doing the thing that his brother really wants him to be doing yeah it's just funny how they Hollywoodize it. Yep. How they make it more sexual, more... Um, well, they made it a bit less sexual, didn't they? Well, I mean, like with her character, Bonnie's character, yeah. they made her more attractive. They yeah. made her more... I saw something that suggested she was really highly, highly, highly sexualized in my research. Maybe she did. Maybe she was. Yeah, we don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's do this next here. Actually, I'll tell you one more thing about... Not only is she cool, but the fact that she is so forward with her sexuality... For 1967 in a yeah. film, that's quite remarkable. Impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It just. I, I wonder if she'd be. Ju- I think there'd be a clear message that society would throw at that, but it's a really interesting choice at the time. Yeah, she's I think also very stylish now. as well, isn't she? Sorry? Yeah, she's also very, very stylish. stylish. Yeah. Fade Dunaway. Yeah. Oh, very you much. Watch so. her in that film. She's one French, of the I said French New Wave. Like yeah, she yeah, looks yeah. like she's out, out of a French New Wave movie. Absolutely. Like she's very like pluck her off the streets of Paris. Absolutely. Yeah. Blanche, not so much. No. Uh, favorite character? Let's start with Georgia. Um. Okay, let's go back to Georgia. <laughs> Liam. Bonnie. Bonnie? Yeah. Okay. I always, but I always liked Faye Dunaway, so. Yep. But yeah, she's the one that popped for me as a kid. She's the one who pops for me now when I watch it. Ethan. Uh, I'm going Bonnie too. I love a corruption arc, and this this film is basically how how deep down awful can she get before she starts to realise the seeds of terribleness. 
Georgia, do you have one now? Eugene. Oh, good <laughs> shout. Yeah, he's good. good. He's yeah. really yeah. good in his limited time. Is as, is, as is his girlfriend, but yeah. he's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Bonnie, but I think I think Bonnie's my favorite character. I think Clyde's the one who I'm most interested in delving behind. Like, there's layers there. Oh, so oh yeah. But, I did, I, but, but Clyde's cool, but Bonnie's really cool. Yeah. Even from that bit when he brings the gun out and she's, our expectations sort of go, oh, or be like, yeah. and she's turned on by it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's really, that's, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And that laugh she gives when they yeah. rob the bank and there's no there's no money and, in there. And, and, she kind of scares me. And then yeah. the heartbreak when she wants to go straight, even, yeah. even in her fantasy, he can't go with her even on a, like a, a fantastical level. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, I could have done without like the whole let's keep running out of the car bit or let's keep running away bit. I'm like, all right. Uh, best moment, best element. I'll come back to Georgia. <laughs> Liam? You know my best. The, o- the opening, the opening <laughs> scene. Which is, the scene. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's what got me <laughs> to hooked be, in it. To be it? fair, George and I were sitting there and we went, oh, oh, honest to God, we went, we went, <laughs> we went, I know why Liam likes this movie. <laughs> I love Faye Dunaway. She's very is, sexy in that this opening was my, sequence. This is my opening movie to Faye Dunaway. Yeah. You know, Only thing I've ever seen her in. She was in Chinatown with Jack Nelson. Yep. She was in um, Taron Inferno. As a limited support cast. Don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, another good meme. Ed Hahn. Ethan. Oh, Ed sorry. I threw an name of film. No. You can't just I change his name. Of film. No. Ed Hahn. Ed Hahn. And Ethan, what would your uh, favorite part of the film be? <laughs> um, I like the death so much. It's so brutal. And the fact it just ends. It's like, yeah. This is this is what psychopathic crime will do to you. You just get turned into Swiss cheese. I love how brutal it is. It is very brutal. It. Yep. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah, probably the same thing. I like all the gunshots, like the actual use <sighs> of the stuff. I think it's quite cool. The squibs. I got. I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go. I'm, I think I can wrap it all under this umbrella here. Yeah, I like how cool this movie is. This movie's cool. It's got a cool feel. It's got a cool to aesthetic it. to it. It's got a cool yeah, feel yeah. to it. Who doesn't want to... I'm along the ride with the, with the gangsters. actually seen them do some badass stuff. You know, you kill someone, I'm in the money, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that even extends to... Oh, I thought I had it. Have I lost it? We rob banks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's cool. And on a side note, kind of something that was sort of cool, if they'd actually developed it fully, it would have been really cool. Yeah. Would have been, show me the Robin Hood effect, where actually they start winning the people over. Yeah. Because that's yeah. a cool idea, the idea that we're, embr- the idea about it's the Great Depression, people are losing everything, let's celebrate these two who are going to f- stick it to the banks. Yeah. Kind of in the way that Christopher Walken's character is supposed to do in Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, yeah, you give them to him, son, yeah. you keep them running. Yeah, but yeah. like on like a mass level, that, there's the elements of it, but it would have been really cool if they'd fully re- realized that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Georgia, do you want to go first? Or do you want to think about which one of the many you've got for your grumble? Um, the, my biggest grumble is which bullets work and which don't. <laughs> oh, the idea that you can shot like in the head. You can, and- shoot, you can shoot some people in the head, and they're absolutely fine. Other that- than a like, but. It just wild me well, up so to, much. To be fair, your your definition of perfectly fine is permanently blind with a giant bandage around her head. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but she's not dead. No, no, but people do get shot in the head and they'll die. Well, I know, but yeah. like they, there was it was just so inconsistent with because we see someone get shot in the head earlier and they do die. To be fair, so what, when the two of them get shot, I'm way more like ooh when, when Blanche gets shot than I am Buck. 
Well, they say at Buck that he's got half his head blown off. Yeah. <laughs> he hangs on for a while. He does, doesn't he? He's like, a does, little does, doesn't affect his speech. No, doesn't, he, like, he's talking nonsense, but that's about the most that it really affects him. Yeah, yeah. He seems you know more affected scene? by like, the noise that's happened yeah. than anything else. Yeah. You know that one scene in Breaking Bad? It's not like that That thing. Lim. Uh, two, really. I don't like the fact that it doesn't historically follow properly. Um, it's very loose, loose and fast with the facts. Um, but my biggest grumble is the fact that they're trying to portray two years in such a short, condensed time. It cuts from one thing to the next. And I think even as a kid, I never understood the the, the longevity of the, the chase, if you like, them being caught and shot. And I was confused too. You know, why all of a sudden... Yeah things happen why are they there why are the police there why is this a shootout why is that happening oh, yeah. when they if knock I on can, the door yeah. and they suddenly they're just shooting at if, the house if, yeah. just, if we can once again compare us to catch me if you can which is the same sort of thing it's a it's a it's a chase movie isn't it? yeah they gave us clear markers of when things were happening through simple set mm. design do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like that helped yeah. and it gave us an idea of the passage and we saw him succeed for a while before it came down yeah whereas this film was just always just always on the run or all, all over the place yeah no, I hear you on that. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Ethan? Uh, Bonnie and Clyde's moral compass is spinning like a pinwheel throughout this entire film. Like, they never have a consistent... Like, between scenes, their choice of what they're doing just changes on a whim. We killed a man. Oh, no. Let's keep killing people. Mama. Oh, no. We killed them again. Oh, we're good people. Nah, I just want to keep robbing for my own self-service. Just He's kill not wrong. Man. When one of them is like, oh, we've just done something. And then the other one's like, ah, we don't care. And then the other yeah. one will go, oh, but we've done something. I don't care. There's always that one character that has to be saying the right things against the grain. And I think yeah. that's to keep the audience on board that you have to still like them to be interested in them. Put a the gun up to his head. <laughs> Pulled my trigger. Now he's. I forget the rest of it. <laughs> Is he dead? Is he not dead? Who knows? In this film, I was just expecting them to sit back up after that. On a total side note. On a total side note, I got. I've been using Facebook for I don't know how many years. Yeah. I got my first thing taken down by Facebook today. Really? I Whoa. did. Someone posted a picture of their dad, and I think their dad's passed on. Yeah. And it kind of plays into what we were talking about the other day, where he was holding the pint, and the pint was 60% foam. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. like a pint of Guinness, 60% yeah, yeah. foam. And I said, whoever poured that pint should be shot. And they took it down because it said it was like inciting real violence. No, it's not. And so they said, do you want to appeal? So I thought, okay, it's just, it's just an algorithm, right? Yeah. So appeal. So I went, oh, yeah, I'll appeal, because clearly they have to see it. It's just hyperbolic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really suggesting. No, we no, no, and, no. and no one for a moment is suggesting. No one would interpret it as such. No. So I went, I'll appeal it. And they went, nope. Now, I'm sure because of things happening in real life, we're all really, really sensitive about the, the term, you know, get shot or, you know, somebody be shot. Yeah. But but there's no way that that, it's kind of a colloquial thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I was stunned. Yeah. This is like, you can appeal to the, like, the overseeing committee of, like, like, actual, like, experts on something. I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, this is giving too much thought. No, it's my first strike. I haven't been taken off Facebook or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine. But I really was like, I was, I, I, out of all the things I've probably been stupid and said at some point in yeah, my yeah, life, yeah, yeah. like nothing, whatever, but just, you know, shooting from the hip kind yeah, of yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Shooting from the hip. Like, there's, there's, there's nothing. 
<laughs> I was I was like, what have I done? And I saw that. I went, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I I had a Facebook post from 2017 get taken down like a few weeks ago. It was sort of similar, but it was some something of someone's I shared. It wasn't even mine. Yeah. I shared it, and it was about this video game that dealt with the themes of suicide. And they were what? like, "It seems like you're inciting suicidal threats." Oh, really? Like, wow. Okay, no, yeah. no, I'm just talking about the complexities that this game has. Well, I've got no ill will here. To be fair, you weren't talking about it. Someone else was, and you just oh, hit yeah, share. Sorry. Yeah, great. So, so guy Gary was talking about the complexities. I was like, I agree with that. I agreed with the sentiment. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, we've done anybody's best role ever. You know what? This is the best thing I've seen. Warren Badian. Yeah, he went good in Dick Tracy. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to go off of, but no. I think it's Dick Tracy in this. I think maybe. Was but he better in the film called Shampoo? I think don't where he played a hairdresser. With not Eddie that I know of. Mm. So he's he's been a weak spot, but of the two, I didn't think Warren Beatty was bad. Actually, I'll say that no, no Warren no, Beatty no. wasn't bad in this. No, neither was neither was Faye Dunaway. I thought she was great. One of the only Estelle, things Estelle Parsons was going. And I'm not even that big on Gene Hackman in this. No, he's one he's, of the only things bland. that saves this film is the fact that those two are actually quite good. Yeah. In it. Oh, have we got through the Rumbles yet? Oh, have you got? You've your not done yours. I'm not that mine. No. <laughs> you got distracted by. <laughs> Here's my grumble. <laughs> Here's my grumble. My grumble is. I don't think Blanche and Buck do anything but slow down the action. Yes. And yeah. I think, now, if they're there, they're there in history. Fine. We got to do something with yeah, them. But from a storytelling yeah. perspective, I don't think they add anything. No. There's the slow change, and you need Blanche for the ending. I get that because she's the way that you capture them. But I think you needed to. They needed to show me they had a role. I believe that C.W. Moss had a role in that gang. I don't know what Buck and Blanche did besides... I don't know, Buck family. vaulted that really cool ball in the bank. He did. That was cool, but I, like, <laughs> I, I wanted to know what their roles were. So when they go into... You know what the problem was? Here's the problem. Ready for this? He went the next president. There's that too. We didn't see enough bank robbers. No, we didn't. In this film. We for s- a film that's supposed to be We Rob Banks, I see them rob two banks? We yeah. don't see enough successful ones either. Oh. I think in real life as well, they didn't rob too many banks. I think they were more like convenience store heists. Sure. I think. But show me more stuff with the yeah, successful. Yeah. Show well, me that, yeah, yeah, show me yeah. that well-oiled machine. Show me a montage yeah, yeah, of yeah. them robbing, reporting, people talking. Yeah. Show me that. Yeah. And I can, with the passage of time thing as well. And, and it would. Sh- and sh- yeah, passage of time. You can see their clothing change. You yeah. can see any number of things. You can see them start to dress nicer or worse, whatever the case might be, depending on how much they're on the run for. Get that but, banjo play and have like some newspaper clippings being like bonnie and clyde save the day again for a film that's supposed to be about bonnie and clyde and me getting on board with them you need i get to see him win enough yeah yeah there's my issue you know another thing right when they were shot and they were killed they were dragged to town and they were left on show for two days makes sense it's a bit old school on it right just to say this is what could happen to you there were so many souvenir hunters, they had to put... Oh, a, really? Jeez. Yeah, like cutting the hair, taking bits of the car. Oh, that's gross. They had to stick up um, wiring to stop yep. it. To this day, you can go to Reno, I believe, a casino, and see that death car. I oh. do believe I've heard about that. Yeah, you can go Wait, see that car. You know, what else, you know what else I've heard about? Go on. I never want my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? we got another one of these to record right after us so let's go ahead what do we got for age game ethan uh we've got warren Beatty. oh wow 67 yeah he's he's older isn't he 36 35 then 
29. Wow! Yes. I know. No way. Uh, Faye Dunaway. Mm. Oh. 27. 25. 24. Liam's bang on there. 25. Oh, uh, Michael J. Pollard, who is CJ, CM? CW Moss. CW Moss. CW, that was it. Mm, 21. 33. Wow, that's a big jump. I'll go halfway. 27. 8, 27. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> we have Gene Hackman, the oh, man yeah. with no head. Oh. 37. <laughs> the guy was old when he was old. 35. 31. Oh, right in the middle of Georgia and Liam, 36. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. And finally, He's always Bonnie, been old. He's always. Jeez. Yeah. Finally, Bonnie's mum. And I need to remind everyone, Faye Dunaway was 25. <laughs> so how old's Bonnie's mum, played by Mabel Cavett? At least 78. 61. 67. 66. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was 41 when she had her. Is that right? Born, born 1900. Wow. wow. Yeah. I wonder if, no, people from uh, Angels with Dirty Faces would be born in the 19th century, I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I wonder if it's the, it's the earliest year we've had no, for a birth no, year, no, but no, no, it wouldn't be. Thanks a lot for that, Ethan. Uh, no let's problem. take a look at our critics. Our critics. Uh, while George was looking those up, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. So there we go. What do you have from the critics panel, critic desk, whatever we're calling this? <laughs> it's only got- been two years. <laughs> we've probably should come up with some sort of a. We, we could brand this. <laughs> uh, Dave Kerr says uh, from the Chicago Reader says it's by far the least control of Penn's films, but the pieces work wonderfully well. Propelled uh, by was what that was then a very original acting style. Uh, then we've got Dave Kaufman from Variety said. This inconsistency of direction is the most obvious fault of Bonnie and Clyde, which is some really good ingredients, although they are not meshed together well. I wonder if it's inconsistency of direction or inconsistency of tone. That would be part of the direction, though, isn't it? Unless the choice is, well, then maybe you're consistent in the fact that you want an inconsistent tone. Inconsistent yeah. editing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, then I... I've picked this one because it really made me laugh. Well, Bosley Crosser from the New York Times said, it is a cheap piece of bald-faced slapstick comedy that treats the... He- Hideous, de, uh, hideous or hidden, hedonist, hideous, hideous, hideous. Okay. Uh, depredations of the sleazy moronic pair, as if, though they were as full of fun and frolic as the jazz age cut-ups in thoroughly modern Millie, which I liked. Right. Then finally, we've got Roger Ebert, um, Ebs. who says, "When I saw it, I had been a film critic for less than six months, and it was the first masterpiece I'd seen on the job. It felt an exhilaration beyond describing." Gave it four out of four. Whoa! <laughs> Again, you've got to think about what he saw back then yeah. and what they were watching back yeah. then to now. I've got on my notes here, Roger Ebert, because I've been a film critic for less than six months. I, says, I thought I'd steal that in case uh, it, we, we evaded it, but yeah, absolutely. Um, our, our critics, our critics, I mean, 7.7 7 on the IMDb. Let me tell you, I put out a fleece myself. And yeah, I mean, compared to what it was at the time, I don't know, you know, audiences change and our tastes change and all sorts of things. I'm very curious because I saw what the numbers were earlier and i was like (laughs) because uh, here we are uh so i said recording on it not a high turnout for votes i didn't think there would be because of a film it was yeah 46 percent call this a poor film (laughs) 36 percent call it an okay film with only nine percent saying great or good okay so there's we knew that we knew knew, i wasn't expecting people to have seen it i wasn't expecting those who had seen it to so thoroughly go, oh, I don't like that. Again, it's because uh, my my views change. Yep. 
I mean, from when I watched it as a child, to, and that was back in the early 90s, yep. you know, to how I see it now, completely changed. So imagine audiences today seeing Bonnie and Clyde, an audience back in the day who saw Bonnie and Clyde. They were seeing something different. Yep. So the audience differentness would be different. Well, let's see them. if let's see if the differentness <laughs> and Georgia's different Patreons differentness from my Twitter. I poll. realize what my differences said just when I looked at an English teacher. <laughs> You're fine. And now for something completely different, Georgia. Uh, so we've only got two, so that kind of speaks to I think a little wow. bit of yep. the. Um, audience that's seen the film let alone anything else but the first one is from cheesy with a fish on on a bike i'd never seen this film and wasn't too sure who bonnie and clyde were but i'd heard about them from popular culture i'm not sure if it's the age of the film but it really struggled to hold my attention i felt like everybody was overacting especially blanche who i think may be the most annoying person in a film i've ever seen i wanted to see more of gene wilder he played his brief cameo yeah yeah. he was great Mm. he was i don't think the lack of proper score helps uh, which could have helped make some of the scenes more impactful the only real music is the bluegrass music playing when they're driving i did enjoy this but it seemed to come and go so randomly with no real consistency i couldn't get behind any of the main characters and was quite relieved when the film ended Sorry, out of nowhere <laughs> that's all right that's okay thanks give you well you know what thanks for giving a shot yeah, and, and thank thanks you. for a thoughtful mm. review yeah Definitely. it was very thoughtful yeah. it's good and the uh, other one we've got is from Reverend Bruce. I was expecting him to be the second yeah. one. Uh, wait, wait, hang on. Uh, you go ahead. I'll play the sound effect at the end. <laughs> he says, this film was before my time, but I really enjoyed it. It's a groundbreaking film, which paved the way for things like The Godfather. Like Liam, I like history, and the story pushed me to look more into the real-life Bonnie and Clyde. I can see why the film's characters appeal to anti-authority American youth who are part of the 1960s countercultural movement protesting the Vietnam War and the corrupt social order. Faye Dunaway was amazing. She was magnetic and sexy. Gene Hackman was hilarious, especially compared to his later work where he typically he was typically more serious. Uh, his whining wife was incredibly annoying. No wonder she's a preacher's daughter. <laughs> but Estelle Parsons <laughs> won an Oscar for this performance, so who cares? Hallelujah. Yeah, I imagine it was too violent for Katie. Katie doesn't like violence. Oh, no. No, I think I remember that correctly. Oh, yeah. okay. So there's our two. Let's take a look and see what I've got from the fledgling fandom. Uh, I don't imagine we have the number of votes we got. I'm going to have a whole lot here. Just got two. One from... Hey, it's your sister. <laughs> uh, have, she says, uh, uh, never seen this before. As an avid true crime fan, I wanted to like it, but I found myself bored. I kept checking to see how much was left. Just not my cup of tea, I guess. And then... Um, Friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Hi, Dwayne Smith. Says, Sorry, Liam, I've not seen this once. I can't comment or vote. I will, of course, still listen. Looking forward to Liam's film school this week. Oh, thank so there you. We go. Uh, more like Liam's history class this week than Liam's yeah. film school, I'd say. Yeah. It's good. Thanks. Get your little mug. This is Mr. Teacher on it. <laughs> hey, me a teacher. Woo. There we go. Do you know so. what? I'd enjoy doing history, I think. As a it's what my degree's in, so you know yeah, what? Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Way yeah. more than I probably would have enjoyed a degree in English. Do you know what? In, in high school, though, I hated history. I didn't get it until late, and then because I went, oh, they, I really like this. Because they were teaching us history that I didn't want to talk about. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were doing, like, um, Northern Ireland and stuff like that at school. Um, that, was too, that, that was too close to the knuckle. That was too immediate i wanted history from way back when titanic i wanted wild west i wanted you know all them sort of stuff 
I got one last credit to talk about here. The real Blanche Barrow sued Warner Brothers over the way she was depicted in the film. No shit. She was the same age as Bonnie Parker and arguably better looking than her. She was not a preacher's daughter and had married Buck knowing he was escaped prisoner and twice divorced. Uh, <laughs> if you like this film or episode, uh, I'd recommend Angels with Dirty Faces. Uh, yeah. I'd recommend I'd, I'd recommend Liam's picks, Rebel Without a Cause. I'd recommend To Serve with Love. Uh, if you want to hear us go through some old classic film, um, Reverend Bruce and Casablanca. If you mm-hmm. want a bit more of a maybe a little less um, frenzied look at gangster sort of counter, you know, whatever under underbelly kind of uh, life. Uh, there's also that one as well. So all good films and um, and worth a watch and worth a listen. Do you want to know one? Another fact about Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, do I? Okay, so the cars that they escaped in were Fords mainly. Yes. He wrote a letter to... Uh, is it, Henry T. Ford? Yes, Henry okay. Ford. I want, I want to say... I always want to say um, John Ford for some reason. No, Henry. Henry, Henry Ford. Uh, and said, what great cars you have. They are great getaway cars. <laughs> and he responded back. Did he? Yeah. There we go. How cool! They like playing with the media, didn't they? They did. They'd they have did. been brilliant today. Could you imagine? Yeah, they, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be twitching and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, they'd be more media savvy. Let's than do, me. let's do ratings, ratings. Uh, Liam, let's start with you. You brought it to the table. What are we giving it here? Okay, um, I did have a love for this movie uh, as a child, and I still have a bit of a fondness for it. This this sparked my interest in in gangster life or real life crime. Bonnie and Clyde was the first inlet to that. Faye Dunaway, I absolutely adored in this movie. Um, and the action scenes as a kid were like, oh my God, the bluegrass music just really made it exciting and everything. I went interested in cinema photography and stuff like that. It was just the excitement, what it'd be like on the road, what it'd be like being a, you know, worlds away from what I was as a kid. Um, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, this isn't really that great. Uh, I admit that. <laughs> uh, watching it again 12 years previous. Um, so with a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of why it got me into history, I will give this seven getaway cars by Henry Ford. <laughs> Less than I thought you were going. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Um, Georgia. I'm not going to lie. Even the theme of this film is just not up my street. I don't like the glorification of violence in anything um let alone it being like the entire topic of a film the only kind of one i can get behind Hang on, he was impotent for large portions of it too <laughs> <laughs> so some some bullets can be fired and some bullets can't oh, that's good the firing wasn't the problem it was what did. <laughs> sorry it was there go ahead um no like the only sort of like glorification of any sort of that sort of thing i've ever been able to get behind is robin hood but that's because of so so clearly was it was taken but it was given back whereas this is just selfish and it's not that Mm -hmm. sort of thing because actually as we were saying in the long run they're taking from the banks and it's the banks that are then taking from other people so i just i just can't get behind the the notion of the thing anyway so so coupled Sorry, I was just saying, from a narrative and a story perspective, it seems to struggle there. Yeah, but then couple that with actually a story that's pretty incohesive, if lacking when it is even there, some bad editing. Real bad. Like, it's it's just not, it's just not good. I know you were some applaudable practical effects in it, though. Practical effects? Something like that. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm just, I'm just making sure we're considering everything because I feel we're we're, we're we're off on a on a on a train spotting moment. Yeah, right. no, I feel no, that. I'm feel not that. on a train spotting. I'm just trying to okay. explain Certainly. why it's not particularly why I like it. And actually, yeah, no, I was coming to that. I do like the squibs and those sorts of things. I think that's impressive, and I enjoy that they are still used today in theatre and those sorts of things. And definitely agree they should be used again in film because no one needs to actually have a real bullet or anything on on a set i don't think people should have them in real life anyway let alone on a film set but that's a completely different matter uh the film's not very good i don't particularly like it um and i don't like the subject matter so it doesn't even have that to carry through um so i am going to give it four and a half okay broken bullets out of a little bit better than where i had yeah me too four and a half not where i was going no i thought she was going worse with that yeah i i I honestly thought my girlfriend turned around to me and go yeah, this is not a film George is going to like. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I think it's going to have a low number. But to be fair, I, I've i slated bits, nope, you know, absolutely. and, you know, I see things differently to how I used to watch them. Uh, Ethan? I'm having, like, an up and down with this because there's there are parts where I'm like, oh, yeah, I can really, like, the acting is good. I really like Fred Dunaway. I like, um, I was going to say Paul, Paul Reiser, that's not it, Warren Beatty. Uh, I like I like the chemistry. I think it's really nice, and even like with the I'm going to say subtext of of uh, Clyde's uh, repressed homosexuality. If like I'll include that because yeah, that that's still kind of a um, it's just a bit all over the place for me. Like I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. It's just one. Of, I'm I'm glad I watched it, especially for like the history of cinema and where it where it leads yeah. and the the influences it will have. Especially the fact I didn't know this was an eighteen going into it. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense now. Like with everything there, so the the actual violence really did shock me, and I, I liked that. I think that that side of it was uh, really really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of it, like the moral backbone being so weak as a sponge, kind of just confused me and i think that's more just a testament to like how i view modern films compared to older films but i'm sticking with a five and a half texas rangers stranded in boats at <laughs> wow um i'm going to um it's interesting i had a number in my head and i think i've enjoyed talking about it more than i enjoyed watching it yeah I think and so. i don't know if that allows me to see a little bit more of the nuance in the narrative or if it allows me something else beyond that but um i find myself drawn to the appeal of um of the, what I think the most interesting part is which is the sexuality of of clyde mm-hmm. and the relationship between cw moss and the relationship between bonnie and his sort of um inability to um sort of do what's the average guy is supposed to be able to do yeah and so in response then he becomes extraordinary right he's the guy who cuts mm-hmm. his toes off so there's nothing to do work detail yeah you know so the idea about just being a regular guy is never an option for him. So I think that's a really interesting idea. I think it's well acted. Uh, I don't think the story's cohesive, um, but I am ultimately going to go with, after everybody's got their take, I got six and a half bucks out of 10 in my pocket. (laughs) I gave you a six. (laughs) Yeah. I was a six when I started and I moved it up to six and a half. Okay. So there is is 
uh, that. Maybe, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like you say, with the nuances and the stuff behind more to it, talking about it has made you more appreciative of the film moving and there's that movies. there's that gut feeling you get when you first watch it and then there's the appreciation you maybe get when you talk through it yeah and i think those are two very different things uh georgia are you able to give us the overall patreon score so we know there's only two numbers so. yeah so we got an eight and a four uh so round out to six hey so it puts ethan and myself kind of as the voices of the people this week mm. this will score very low <laughs> to be fair i thought i'd be the highest score here <laughs> Yeah, and you are, and you are, yeah, uh, yeah. but that's not necessarily a. You know, I, I can now say I've seen it, and I can now say I won't teach it. <laughs> <laughs> I think "Do the Right Thing" has is still on the docket for next year. So okay. there we go. And that's good though, because it was always oh, well, what Bonnie and Clyde's about now. I now well, you know. Now, now I know. So. Um, as always, thanks to our Patreon backers. It's Reverend Bruce, Julene, Hermes, hey, Dwayne hey, Smith, Katie hey, McRae, hey, Ian Davies, ooh, Lena Oberholzer, Chris yeah, Peterson, ooh, Randall Silva, ooh, yeah. The Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, right. and Cheesy with a, with a fish, fish on, on a bike. bike. <laughs> Can't get you to stop, then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to help support the pod, keep the lights on, all that good stuff, that is at uh, patreon.com slash BFE. For as little as three pounds a month, you can help support the pod. Okay. Keep us bringing content roughly two to three times a week to your ears. Yeah. The things you're listening to this pod with right now. <laughs> Don't let that go away. I was trying to explain to somebody about the podcast the other day, and they said, where can I see that? I mean, you don't see it. You listen to it. It's audible. Well, how's that work? Is it on YouTube? I was like, no. <laughs> no. I found somebody less tech savvy than me. You can do it on a. You, you listen to it on Alexa. Can you? Yeah. Oh, okay. If you go to Alexa and say, "Hey, Alexa, play best film ever," it will do it. Oh, fantastic! Best which is film. which is great. It is. Which is great. It may try to say the best film ever is. No, no. You can say play. You may have to use the word podcast. I don't think I necessarily have to, but I was. Like, the minute that happened, I went, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Actually, that yeah. is very cool. So there is that. So next week, I need some help. Yeah, because Ethan's away. Yeah, you are still away, right, Ethan? You're looking at me with a look of Wait, confusion. The so twenty six. No, you're at a barbecue. I was told. Oh, they cancelled that. You need so to tell me. Sorry, I found out today. So I've gone looking for help, but I'm not going to cancel the help. Liam, you're away. I am. I was originally supposed to go to Paris. Okay. My flights have been cancelled. Oh, wow. Been grounded, yeah. Um, so I've cancelled all of Paris. Okay. But I'm going to Brighton. Oh, Brighton? Yeah. The Paris of England, they say. <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, Kitty, uh, what was her name? Kitty Bennett wanted to go to Brighton. Who's that? It's a Pride and Prejudice reference. Oh. There's like two people who got it. <laughs> you will be, you'll love Brighton because it's Brighton during Pride Month. It will be oh, so much it'll be fun. good, yeah. So oh, much cool. fun. Brighton is like gay capital of the UK. And you will love that. That will be hilarious. And oh, cool. Georgia, you're hit and miss for what you can Yeah, not sure. Actually. Not sure. So I've reached out and got some help in case of emergency. And I thought there's a few people who have wanted to have on the pod for a while. And this gave me an opportunity to do that. When I know people are going to be away, it's a lot easier because I can find people. And so we're going to be joined. Ethan, it turns out, you and I are going to be joined by someone who you and I have both been a guest on their show. Ah. We're going to be joined by Carlo from the Movie Loot. Because it's difficult to try and replicate what we have around this table. (laughs) It is. Especially if you're not sure if people are real or if they're replicants. (gasps) Next week, we are doing Blade Runner. 
for its 40th anniversary. So if you want to watch it and leave us some notes before okay. you go, please do. I've seen things oh, you so people wouldn't I'm, believe. I'm get, get, your, get your rating in. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Wait, you, which which version? Would uh, the the one on Amazon, I believe, is Director's Cut. So that's the okay, one I'm cool. going to go ahead and say we're going to cover. Yeah, Director's Cut is also a different film that I'm also able to teach if I so choose. So uh, I think I'll be giving that. Is there about four different cuts of this? Oh, yeah. yeah. They they, they specify Director's Cut because there's there's the theatrical cut, there's the Director's Cut, there's like the 20th anniversary cut, and there's something else. The final cut. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the final cut. Direct. Uh, I, I think know, most which, people which consider the director's cut to be the definitive the, the one, yeah. the one critically. Whichever one doesn't have narration is a good one. Yeah, I think the first one I saw was it was the narration one. Actually, I think I must have uh, seen the 20th anniversary cut as my first one or something. Yeah, because they just dropped the N word in that for some random reason. Just cause. There we go. So. Please Ooh. join Ethan, myself, maybe Georgia, and Carlo from the Yay. movie loop. Enjoy, Carlo. He was like, oh, yeah, I think I can make it. He's like, what are we reviewing? And I just sent him the GIF, and he's well excited. Because <laughs> I, <bet>. <laughs> I was sitting there going, I need someone with some authority on this one, some credibility. Carlo's got that. Carlo's got that. Good luck. So uh, please join us next time. As we, as in the corporate we, not necessarily everybody here, <laughs> the tackle, tackle the 1982 Harrison Ford sci-fi classic not E.T. <laughs> Blade Runner for best film ever I've been Ian I've been Liam I've been Ethan and I've been Georgia and we've already given our names so all we have to do is look off back at kids for a minute and say we make pods <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flap the flippity flip flop Oh, Han. sorry. I thought you were naming a film. Just, no. You can't just change his name. No, and Han. At Han. At Han. At Han. Oh, you should full name. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. My bad. People just got my joke the first time. I wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan, what would your uh, favorite part of the film <laughs> be? Um, I will, of course, still listen. Looking forward to Liam's film school this week. Oh, thank so there you. There we go. Uh, more like Liam's history class this week than Liam's yeah. film school, I'd say. Yeah. It's good. Thanks. Mr. <laughs> get you get, get you a mug or something like that. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> We're getting all these out before the live. It's not usually me doing this stuff. Uh, it's giving a couple seconds. <laughs>